This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. A therapist can help you become a better problem solver. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. For 10% off your first month, go to betterhelp.com slash core gaming. Start living a better life today. Slendid for full side of a keen. Welcome back to CORE, everybody. This is CORE for Friday, November 25th, 2022. We hope you all had a nice uh, Thanksgiving here in the States, which is why we're recording tonight. Thank you for your patience. And also last week where both Bo and I had COVID and uh, dealt with it the best we could. Still have a bunch of residual stuff. Bo, I think, fared a little better than I did, but we're live. Hello, fellow alive man. How do you feel? We made it. We made it. I'm... Back to mostly normal. As we discussed in the pre-show, I got the carpal, which I'm, I think is from sleeping so much during COVID. Yeah. Now he's wearing a brace. You guys should see this. It's pretty hot. It's a yeah. good looking it's cool. accessory. I feel like, I feel like a like proper esports gamer. Bowling, you, yeah. You, yeah. you see some of the esports guys, they wear those things. Because um, who knows what kind of injuries they have from playing all day. So. Yeah. But I, it called actually is- of, uh, I called out of work sick one time because I played too much Diablo 3. Yeah. And my hand there, hurt. Buddy. My hand hurt too bad to hold a mouse. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, that's what I do for ninety percent of my job. I can't do this." Diablo is so. a, is a, one of the worst perpetrators. They used to kill me to play the, more too much Diablo, too much Quake, too much Diablo, too much Counter Strike, and then the other big one for me was the recent me getting back into Overwatch. Took some training a little bit because the first few days, a certain part of my back hurt really bad and my wrists hurt really bad, and now they're fine. So. Uh, Bo, I hope it's a quick recovery, and you don't have to cosplay that guy from South Park, the World of Warcraft player guy. Well, it's already it's already been a week or so. It's not a quick recovery. Like yeah. I, I think I really nixed it. Dang, dude. Yeah, well, not from gaming though. It's not so. It's like numb, like all numb in my fingers. But I have some movement, so you know. yeah. I'm sure gaming doesn't help, but it may not hurt either. You know, lots get some, get some movement in there. I don't know. The I'm split, no doctor. Split. The splint helps. I think when I, I so Dark Tide came out, which we'll talk about later. I've been gripping the mouse harder, but it's hard to grip the mouse quite as tightly with yeah. this thing because there's a there's a thing here preventing my hand from right clutching the mouse. So well, good. I'm glad you're wearing it though. That's important. Well, yeah. hopefully uh, today will be a real good uh, return to form for us here on Core. And I think the best way to start things is to talk about this news. Uh, hey, Microsoft reportedly offered Sony a 10-year commitment to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation consoles. And Sony uh, reportedly ignored the offer. <laughs> um, because I guess why not? Um, there's been a lot of, of talk. Of they did. They, yeah. don't need to, they don't need to take the offer. Like, right now, Sony has one job. This is, this is the only job Sony has until the buyout is either thrown out or approved. Sony yeah. needs to go... If this if this merger buyout whatever happens, it will be the end of us as a company. That's like that's that's their job is to say that and commit to that and pretend that that's true. <clears throat> Even though I think we all agree that will not likely be the case, but that's their job because for them, if if this happens, it will be bad for them. It's not catastrophic, but it's not a good thing. So they stand to gain more by saying it's going to be the end of the world than to go, oh, no, we'll be fine. Yeah. 
Like it, they're in a better position if it doesn't happen. So of course they're going to be doom and gloom. Like no, no, it's going to be awful. It's going to be the end of end of the world. And then once it happens, they'll settle down and be like, that's fine. Yeah, and but, of course, of course, it's going to be Microsoft's prerogative in this case to to be the company that that bellied up and said, hey, we're not we're not taking anything away. Look at this, a decade for sure, and maybe beyond. We're just saying, you know, let's start with that. And 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 Sony's like, yeah, well, our position is. This is the end. This is the end times. So uh, that's how it'll be. And you're right. Until this goes through or changes or whatever, that will be their stance. And then the minute that happens, they'll probably be open to whatever they got to do. They remind um, me of a soccer player. You know that their balls got lightly grazed, but they act like they got smashed in the smithereens. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's a like, good analogy. Yeah, it's, it's like on. yeah, yeah. That's fair. I think. Um, I think what'll Probably there's there's talk of an FTC lawsuit or something, not suit. It's, I forget what it is. Basically, a, a, some kind of, of of put their hand up and say, "Whoa, hold on a second kind of moment for the merger, which could be a bigger problem than any of this. Um, if if it's I don't know if it if it, it, it at the very least it'll slow things and it may not go through as quick as everybody thought. But um, outside of that, Sony just has to sit and wait. And um, the the funny things, the funny articles I've been reading are be- are ones that are saying Sony completely throws the Battlefield series under the bus because they're basically saying without this one modern warfare style shooter game, we can't survive. There's nothing else for us to have that's like it. Right. Nothing yeah. compares. <laughs> and Battlefield's over there going, "Hello, shit, we're doing a thing." I think that's pretty funny, but. Meanwhile, Battlefield, Killzone, Destiny, yeah, like all these other properties that are all over. Then no, 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 and then at the same time, they're also going, "Hey, you all should buy God of War, the only action adventure game with Kratos that's going to be of this caliber and quality. It's exclusive to PlayStation, only here. Yep. It's just how it is, you know. It's Microsoft's job to downplay what this is going to do. They're going to be sitting there going, "It's just, you know, it's a shooter, and we're going to share, and it's going to be fine." And it's Sony's job to to say, "Well, the end is nigh." I think I read somewhere they said you're trying to turn us into Nintendo. Which, what does that even mean? Nintendo's a successful company. Like, what? no. If anything, Nintendo goes the other direction, where they they're the ones not letting their IPs go anywhere else. That isn't. Yeah. That's a bad comparison. You're turning us into I Nintendo. I are like that too. Like, like I've had to endure those exclusive Final Fantasies all my life. Like I, I don't want a Sony PlayStation all my life, but I want to play like Final Fantasy Seven. I want to want to play the remake now, mm-hmm. and I got to get a box just for the one game. So like, they're no angels. I have feel no, no pity they, for them. But they can go pound sand as far as I'm concerned. You know, like, yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to be exclusive with Call of Duty. By the way, you're going to play Final Fantasy Rebirth on the PlayStation. <laughs> well, it's not true anymore right now. It's on PCs, but still console-wise. Yeah, but it's yeah. delayed. Like, you know, that's a hype-worthy game. Like, I have to have it day of. Yeah. You know, it's it's hard to wait the year and endure spoilers. Like, Right. I'm, Plus, it's never, well, as far as I know, it's exclusive to PlayStation, not coming to other consoles. So PC aside, it's still a PlayStation exclusive on the console. Uh, side yeah. of things i mean to their so. credit they eventually do it there but also microsoft's like we want call of duty on your playstation so the day of launch like they're they're better than that like that's what i mean i'm like sony's getting away with murder because they're they do exclusives and microsoft's like you know saying hey you know we won't do timed exclusives 
they're like, mm, yeah, like John said, they all the, they're they have nothing to lose by going. Mm, this is unfair for us. Yeah, so, I like I that know. voice. I don't feel like I'm not trying to defend Microsoft. They have lots of money and lots of stuff, and you know, yeah, whatever. But it also you had to admit the it whole thing Sony, is like so stupid. That's why I made the soccer analogy because I'm like, okay, it puts Sony on the back foot a little bit. They have to like do something that's counter to this move, and so the yeah. the only counter they have is. We hate it, and we think it's bad for the business, and we think it means doom for the industry. That's their move, and so now they, whether or not that move holds, I, I personally don't think it probably will. I understand why they're making it, and I guess I don't entirely blame them because what else do they news, have? You know? There was some news today, though. The FTC is planning to. There's like a lawsuit. Or something yeah, I don't know like what that. you call it. I mentioned it earlier. It's like a. It's not a lawsuit. It's like an injunction or something. Some whatever the word is. But there's a thing like, <laughs> you come to core for the expert analysis. Yep, on the news. That's right. You guys. Uh, there's a thing happening whereby the odds of the sale going through are decreasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that might be. It's apparently, a th- you know, Jason Schreer yeah. retweeted it. So it must be but, legit. <laughs> the core the, weather report. Something's happening. Yeah. Something's going on. <laughs> the sky's darker than it was. I don't know if you guys and, can tell, uh, but it smells weird outside. So yeah, it must mean something. Funny going smell. On. There's a wind higher than normal. Yeah. It's windy. Something's happening. Yeah. I wouldn't go outside. That's like, all I'm saying. Oh, the wind Cor- changed directions. Don't go outside. Yeah. I, I personally say is. Yeah, go ahead. I not go through. I think it will go through. I think it will be not as smooth and quick and easy as everybody assumes it is. I think that this this thing will slow it down. It does mean court proceedings and it means presenting arguments and defending your position. And maybe they still come out on the other end with the reasons why this should go through. Or they maybe they have to make, an, uh, make some sort of, uh, I don't know, at, at this stage, what you can even do to negotiate a different right. position. But I don't think it doesn't go through. Maybe I, mean, I want to go to this thing. Do they take comments from the public? Because some I know here in Canada, like sometimes with the CRTC, the pub they do open some of these things for public comment. It's not like widely advertised. You have to know where to look for it because they're not advertising it on YouTube. Like, hey, call for comments. They do it in I Canada. I don't it. know if they do it here. I doubt it. But they this, will. But maybe. They will call for comments where people can submit it. And I want to be idiots. Uh, What's his name? <laughs> Phil Spencer oh. said we're going to get more StarCraft. Yeah. Let the sale go through. That That's a case closed. That's a StarCraft. Yeah, I, now you witness, witness Bo's, Bo's entire motivation in this entire thing is that. And you know what? I don't blame you. I want more StarCraft, Well, upset too. the industry, make it unfair. Sure, but we're getting StarCraft. We're getting more StarCraft. So put it through. Thank you. You know, yeah. That's yeah. Man, if there was a public forum about this, I would go just to watch it. Just like watch person after person this guy get up and be like, uh, hi, my name is uh, Skillix from the Insane Headshot Posse. <laughs> and uh, my whole clan plays on the PlayStation. And I have serious concerns that we will not be able to play yeah. if this deal goes through. Yeah. Um, I, it would We would have to buy a different video game console and that's not fair uh, um, john i'm sorry Skillix, life, and is then it and they would sit down and then they well, would sit what down. if is there like we need to can someone in our listenership tell us if this is the case and maybe can we like sasha baraconet and go as like elite gamer like look look at me it's like uh it's gorath from the core podcast here to talk about why he wants starcraft 3 yeah i feel and, like this you know, would be a bad scene I, I think i'd be too embarrassed to watch any of this 
unfold. I mean, I do. I, 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 my shame levels are. I'm resist. I have resistance to shame. You have low. You have high resistance <laughs> can, to shame. Yeah. I have high resistance to shame and humility. So, like, I, I can definitely do this. It sounds like a bit of a train wreck, but I would. You know what? I probably would watch it. And I don't think oh, they my, do it. I don't think this is going to have any public input because it's not really a pl- a public issue as much as it is just a. Hey, this is the biggest merger in tech history. Uh, it's so it's a little big, it's a little out there, it's a little crazy. Microsoft's the only one in the situation with the money to do it. So does that put them at an unfair advantage? But what does that actually mean? Is that a competitive problem? Like, there's going to be all kinds of like hypotheticals around this, but I don't think any of it is going to be me and you getting a voice. I think it's just going to be them. Well, doing- Canada hasn't blocked the sale here. I know EU's doing it, UK's doing it, states are doing it. If there's a Canadian one, I'm going to be calling up the CRTC. There you go. Get that done. Get there, that on. They already have. We already have a big that big debate with Bill C11 and YouTube and the Canadian content thing. YouTube just advertised to me today. It's like, yo, we have to tell you, you need to keep YouTube free for Canadians, but the government wants to tell you what's on there. I'm like. You're telling me what's on there. This is, a, this is an argument for control. Shut up, YouTube. Yeah, that is it. That's but really. Anyways. Is that what they're saying? That's what they. That's their stance. They want to keep. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. So I was like, open my YouTube app, and it's like, by the way, there's something huge going on in Canada. Like they're advertising to Canadian users that like bill this bill that's going through is like terrible because the Canadian government's gonna want to control your content and it's gonna make niche creators make less money and you're not going to find the content you want. And I'm like, yeah, but you're deciding what content I want. I go to Netflix and it's like, Oh, here's the featured shows and here's what's everyone watching. It's like, maybe I don't want to see any, like you, someone's deciding what to recommend. Yeah. Google's already doing that. You're absolutely right. You're a bunch of people. I don't know whether you're a government or whether you're a corporation. I <laughs> yeah. I don't trust any of you. Y'all suck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same difference. Anyway, not to get too deep into that, but you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing going on here. It's about money and control, and it's just like, just release some StarCraft. It's friend. nice to know it's not all poutine and freaking maple syrup up there. You know, you guys have your own issues. You got your own stuff. I like that. I feel, yeah, I feel YouTube, like... YouTube's like, doesn't like what's going on up here at all. Yeah? They're not fans? Well... I mean, I assume there's a whole ad for it in my YouTube app, and there's a whole ad for other someone else's ego problems in Twitter. Like social media is kind of like off the rails. At this yeah, it's kind of after <laughs> the whole thing's just ugly right now. I hate it. Um, all right. Well, there's that story. We will follow it and see what happens with it. But we want to now switch gears and talk about a Patreon message of the week. This came from Adam. Uh, asked or it was asked by Adam and Robert seconded it. it, 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 it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he basically uh, said, yeah, I, uh, you know, this asked the same thing. So here's that question. What do you do when you're going through game burnout? And I assume he means not a particular game, but video game burnout in general. Like, I don't, I played too much. I don't want to play anymore um, of all games. Assuming yeah. that's what he means and not just I'm burned out on playing GTA 5 or something, you know, more specific like that. Uh, he's curious about what we do in those cases. Um, John, do you have a method to your madness when you're like, man, I don't think I want to play anything. I, and I guess well, to what end? I if guess you're it, at it, a, yeah. I don't want to play anything. The best thing you can do is not play anything. Right, right. Like it's important that you don't define yourself in such a way that you don't give yourself room to be other things. Don't don't go. I'm a gamer. It's my free time. 
I game. That's all I do. Eventually, you might not want to do that, and you should have something else that you can do and uh, enjoy. Whether that's, you know, it doesn't have to be reading, but like in my first thought goes to read something instead or, you know, do audiobooks or draw or, you know, d- just find something else. If it's no games, then, you know, don't don't do games. Don't force it. You'll be back before you know it when you want to break from whatever's next. But I did experience this a little bit at the end of Cyberpunk 2077. I put so much time and I got so invested into that world and that story and that universe that when it ended, I kind of got in a weird space because I didn't really want to go anywhere else. I didn't want to invest myself in a world again. Um, and I I just I hit this weird rut where everything I tried to play, I was just like, eh. I'm not feeling it. I'm not wanting to get into this. Um, That's actually where my current love of playing Fortnite came from was I wanted something with no real story, no real stakes. I just wanted to get in, play a dumb game, have something that I could play with the family and just kind of be competitive and, you know, not really invest in. That's exactly what I did. And I've been doing that for a while. And now I'm getting to the other side of that where it's like, you know, I'm looking for more invested experience at this point now. So it kind of ebbs and flows. And I think you just need to, you know, just like when your body gets hungry, it tells you, hey, I want food like, you know, your your creativity or, you know, your pleasure centers in your brain will tell you when you're not getting or giving that what you need. So listen to it and go, all right, I'm gonna go try something else. And Go find something else and change up genres, change up what you're doing. Run that into the ground. Yeah. And then be sick sick of that. Yeah. Then go back to what you're used to. I would say I'm almost identical to what John said. I agree with all of it. My go-to is usually I like to draw when I'm, if I'm burned out on games, the best thing for me to do is to go draw. And oftentimes I'll draw stuff that's game related because I just like that kind of thing and I find it inspiring. And then that will lead to me wanting to play again. So if the goal is I'm burned out, but I want to play more and I don't like this feeling of being burned out, do, you know, again, listen to your body, do what you need to do, but do maybe find another creative outlet if you don't already have one um, that even leads you back to your original love of gaming, if that is your original love. Uh, but I agree with John on most of that. Bo, do you have anything to add? What would you What would you throw onto the pile here? You got it. <laughs> I mean, I haven't been burnt out too much, but you need to break from everything, you know. So just watch some TV, just do something different, see some family. I mean, I always try to schedule out of the house stuff at least once a week. Yeah. Um, whether that's, you know, shopping trip, a visit to family, something like that. Get out of that, you know. And, like, I work, so I just, like, I don't know what gaming burnout looks like. When I, I've been burnt out, like, after a week of a staycation where I've done nothing but game all week. Yeah. You know, but, like, I get, I get enough breaks from gaming. I'm usually, that's why I'm up so late. <laughs> so. I feel like I'm always in the mood for something. I just sometimes don't know what it is. And so, you know, digging through a giant Steam library is usually kind of a pointless experience. I just feel like, oh my gosh, I have so much to play and I just don't feel like playing any of this. And then I'll end up landing on something weird and old. Like even today, I'll talk about it later, but I've been playing an old game that just got a performance patch and I thought, hey, let's see how that is. And now I'm kind of hooked into the story again and I'm 
I think I'm gonna. I did that with the desktop dungeons too. Like, the I I don't have burnout, but I do have like the what is it? The choice paralysis. Yeah. You know, like all this stuff. I do a show. All this new stuff to play. People have gifted me things, but the flavor of ice cream I want to eat is. Ten-year-old game, yeah, (laughs) ten-year-old ice cream. Mm. You know, that's more of an issue for me. But I'm never like the only time I'm not desirous where I feel burnout from games. Honestly, is that my uh, my local IRL friends, Mike and Crofton, who I bring up on the show, we like to get together in real life, and I get sick of games when I'm with them because I'm like, I do games all week. I do a gaming show. Can we just hang out and talk? Or do can we go for beers or something? I just I can't play games right now. Yeah. I've done it too much. Like especially if it's just been a busy week or I've streamed a lot, I'll get burnout when I'm like, I have an excuse to have leisure time away from gaming, and then it ends up being gaming, and I'm like, uh, I don't want to do this right now. Yeah, I think you're saying yeah. it best though. Just walk away from it. Don't do it. Like you, if you. If you feel like you're like forcing yourself, just walk away and do something else. You know, <laughs> don't ever force, don't ever force yourself to enjoy a thing you're not enjoying. Mm-hmm. I say, uh, all right, very good, you guys. If you are patrons of the show, you'll get an opportunity to answer or to ask us these kinds of questions, and we'll talk about them on the show here and there. So, huge thanks to Adam and Robert for that. Let's talk about games we played this week. <laughs> First in the shared pool, uh, John and I played a bunch of Pentiment, uh, an Obsidian game. Yeah, that's right. Your uh, Fallout New Vegas people, your uh, um, Pillars of Eternity 1 and 2 people, uh, Outer Worlds, you name it. They make good games. And uh, they are now a solely owned Microsoft studio. And they made a game that they probably would have never made had it not been for something like Game Pass. They've even said as much. They're like... Yeah, we didn't. We there's no way we make this without a service like this. So, so enjoy it. Uh, Pentiment is freaking weird. Yeah, it is. And great. <laughs> I really like Pentiment a lot. I think it's um. So this is just a little bit of background. When I had COVID a week and a half ago, when it started, I couldn't play almost any game that had to make me be smart about decisions. I couldn't do it. It was just like give me something dumb and lame, an arcade game, some old retro game. Like I don't, I can't play anything that is is too thinky right now. And so I didn't play this right away. Um, but as I started to feel better, this really fit the bill for me because it, it it's only that it's, it's choices and it's decision-making and the guy who ran, who r- runs the team behind this particular game has a long history with amazing RPGs. Uh, I love the Icewind Dale series, for example, in the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands. And this guy was like one of the head dudes on that project. And it really shows in terms of experience with uh, dialogue and sort of, you know, making decisions that are going to matter later, this sort of stuff. And you may, you may say, well, what are you, ta- are you saying? This might, this like Disco Elysium level stuff. I would say it's very different than Disco Elysium, but it's, it's in the vein of like another great example of pushing this a narrative game further and doing it in really creative ways. First of all, it really strikes me is the art style. Uh, it's like set in the 1500s and it's all based on history stuff. So none of this is like magic or dragons or any of that stuff. And uh, boy, they go hard on that art style. Like it's, yeah, 
everything is a little the, the one thing i don't understand why they do and maybe there's a narrative point where it becomes a thing but why do i have to see typos when people are talking like <laughs> it's weird that is one thing that kind of like it's a little endearing but also as somebody who reads kind of quickly can be obnoxious because i'll sit there and i'll read and then all of a sudden i'm like oh wait what's that and then they take the time to scratch off the text that they messed up and then reprint it the correct way. And I'm like, why do we have to see? Well, I think in a couple of cases, it's the, it's meant to be character, character um, building. So you've got somebody who's a little dumpy and lumpy and he's, and he's talking to you. They mess up their words. They mess up their words. And so this is their way of doing it. That's also the font differences. Like there's an accessibility thing in the beginning of the game where you can choose to have all the fonts uniform um, or just to make them, you know, if you think it's more readable to have one single font, um, or if you don't do that, then everybody's got a different font or lots of different ones, maybe not every single person, but, um, and that's adds to that as well. So you've got a really frilly fancy font coming out of the guy who's in charge of the Abbey up there at the church or whatever. But then you got some guy on the street who's a little rougher, you know, uglier font that's that he screws up twice and scratches out and rewrites and, and that sort of thing. I think that's the goal is to try to build narrative out of out of literally out of text <laughs> and yeah. say and say here's more about that person that's just a little subtext you know for lack of a better term um the the, the other thing i wanted to say about that is <coughs> there's no voiceover it's 100% the sound of an ink pen scratching on parchment and that includes uh your character when he talks anybody you talk to um, and it's all done in this old Parisian art, arty farty style. I don't even know what to compare it to. I'm sure there's an artist, it's a famous artist that I'm forgetting about entirely from art history classes that I took in college, but that this is all sort of based on. Um, but at the end of the day, the whole thing is about a big, massive murder mystery, which you have to unfold and you, it, it takes a while getting there actually before you yeah i was gonna say that's news to me nobody's nobody's dead yet where i am in the game yeah you you go quite a bit and it does it does an interesting thing where you know a lot of games ask for your background if it's you know a DD style game or something a computer rpg it's like you come from the land of whatever full of barbarians and something your parents were a-holes or whatever this does that but it does it over time so you know, how smart you are with books, you don't get to actually set that until much later. Well, you know, I don't know, an hour into the game and it adds stats to you or gives you abilities and conversations that you wouldn't have had had you not chosen that. Um, a lot of this is going to sound, you know, like Baldur's Gate style uh, text trees and stuff. And it is in a lot of ways. It's just done in the background. But it's done in the background, exactly. You don't see it. Like, there's no paper doll to look at and go, oh, look, I'm getting a plus five to this stat. It's just your choices have kind of inferred that onto the character as as you've been speaking. That's a good way to put it. I really like that. And, And the writing is slick enough to where I felt like I had a concept for my character as I was playing because mm-hmm. of the decisions I had made because, you know, they're, they're saying, Oh, what are you in trouble for? And you get to pick and they're wildly different things. You know, it's not like I'm in trouble cause I went to the left or I went, I got in trouble cause I went to the right. Like it's, it's very different personality traits. You can assign the character, which is nice because then later in the game, when you have other choices, I'm doing it knowing 
oh, my character has a history with this. You know, like my, my character is a bit of a ladies man. So I know that later when there's another choice, he probably would have made this decision. And it does a really good job of kind of building that character for you without too much like writing a background or feeling tied to a background and stuff like that. It's, it's really organic character development in a, in a fun way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, mechanically, although there are some cool things, you know, for the most part, you're moving around the screen controller or mouse. Um, I played this on Xbox and PC. It works fine either direction. Um, it's on game pass. And, uh, you, you, when you have these dialogues, you're clicking through stuff like you would expect. And then you're clicking things of note, like, Oh, I'm this store. I haven't been in yet. I'll go in here, but you're not really mechanically the game. That's not where the game is. It's not about like, you know, where fallout new Vegas is about as much about dialogue trees as it is about running around shooting shit. Um, and leveling up or whatever. This isn't that this is like almost entirely a story about a 20 hour as from what I've been told um, story and you making decisions in it, lots of different potential endings and, and all kinds of crazy different directions it can go. But that's really the game. And it's presented in this, this not simple, but this 2d art style that, that is, you know, meant to be invocative of, of book illustrations from the era. Um, one of the things I love about it is when you're talking to a guy and he has a red underlined word in his sentence, like let's say he says, uh, Pope Paul the first of the 12th century, something, something that will be highlighted in red. And so if you hit these uh, on the controller, if you hit select, I don't know, I think it's tab on uh, PC or on keyboard, but anyway, whatever it is, it brings up the screen <laughs> pulls out of the book a little ways and these big finger pointer things pointing at yeah. the at the red word now point to an extra paragraph somewhere or even an illustration of the pope and says pope charles the first uh, served during the something something before the reign of, of blah, blah, blah blah like they give you all this background stuff so if you're into the history of this era this thing's like this must be like a treasure trove for people because apparently this thing really goes hard on the history part of it um, so that's really neat. I think that's really cool. That it does that. What I like about it the most, I think is the game somehow takes an era. I find overall, I find this era kind of stuffy and boring. It's yep. a lot of, Oh, it's what, a good it's what Christ- kept me from playing it as I was like, wait a minute, really? Yeah. This is, this is the era we're going to go with in this art style. Like, cause I find all of this, like, Exactly what you said. Stuffy and boring. Stuffy and boring. Because there's just something that's not exciting about that era in almost every other presentation I can think of. Unless you're just a history nut and you love all history. And I get that. And the game obviously takes great pains to have historical information in here. They're not afraid to to look directly into the eye of whatever the culture of the time was and the oppression of certain people versus others and all that. Um, So all of those fears aside... I came away thinking this is one of the coolest things I've played all year. <laughs> I really like it. And I am going to finish this game uh, because there's no reason not to. And um, I think it's just a really quality, well-made, um, obviously a, a labor of love for somebody over there. Like Obsidian, somebody at Obsidian is really obsessed with this time. Yeah, this you era. Imagine trying to pitch this from the guys that make like AAA games. <laughs> right. Like, listen, 
Right. We want to take this like stuffy, not super broadly appealing art style, write a story, like write get get a the writings. It sounds because it's been compared to Disco Elysium. So if that's any base of comparison, it probably has a lot of text. Yeah, it's quite a bit. <clears throat> a lot of writing, quite a bit of text. Quite a bit, this but it never crazy. feels like too much. I never feel like I'm stuck in a giant loop or anything. Not that not that disco does that or anything. I don't. I don't know. There's a lot of text in Disco Elysium, but no. But I mean, it's it's uh, you know it's King's Quest, uh, but for 2020 times with uh, involving dialogue trees and you know all that great stuff. Tons of aesthetic, like changing screens. Like you're even showing a little bit. Changing screens looks like it's in a storybook. Mm-hmm. You know, like so much so much polish. <coughs> on this thing absolutely I, it, it did spark my interest when i saw it for sure i got card shark vibes which card shark is kind of in the style as well card yep. sharks very cool very cool game too um yeah. glad you brought that so up they're very similar in terms of tone it feels like it's a good comparison yeah so i uh, yeah this looks sweet so you're gonna fit it you like this oh lot. yeah i really like it i mean john I, do you feel like you're gonna push through or how, how, how was it yeah i'm yeah. i'm definitely going to as well i started playing it and got maybe an hour maybe not even that in and uh i got a a baby interruption and haven't been back to it yet but i i'm incredibly intrigued i definitely want to play more of it yeah and I just love, I don't know, I'm not saying this is like 100% this seals the argument on why Game Pass is cool, but the developers themselves saying, look, we this game has been a dream of one of two or two or three of us have wanted to do this for decades. And it was never possible until something like Game Pass and then it became 100% possible. I think that's a big deal. You know, to say not just to say that, but just say the economic situation is in a place where we can do it. We have the full support of Microsoft to to get something like this done. They're not just hounding us to make the next, you know, Skyrim killer, which they likely are working on something very cool in that regard. And Outer Worlds is awesome. And they make really great AAA titles. It's just this doesn't exist without a, you know. Without a certain well, kind of ability to do it, there's a certain guarantee of money because they need content for the Game Pass. So yeah. it's like, okay, like you deliver something, we know it's going to be good. We trust you. We're like, okay, you know, like it's interesting. I don't know. Is this the first example we've talked about or that I've contemplated? I don't know if it's the first that they've actually had on Game. It Pass. feels like the first one where it's a Microsoft-owned studio experimenting in this way because up prior to this there's lots of little indie titles and things obviously but those were going to be made no matter what um and go to steam and they're one or two guys and you know stuff like that but i think it's more about we know indies can can succeed in lots of ways and we know that triple a titles can succeed in lots of ways but how does all that middleware go from here forward how how can how can somebody at a triple a studio push something a little smaller once in a while or somebody in a smaller studio push something a little bigger and more ambitious once in a while. Like I feel like that's where the that's where these guys get some tools that they wouldn't have had I like, otherwise. I think maybe it was like Ubisoft that had a I don't know if they do it. There's an era, maybe it wasn't Ubisoft, where one of the developers was make it like Child of Light. Like there were some side projects. Like they don't oh, all right, get right. They don't all get noticed quite as much as this game is being noticed. Cause I think I think this stands out high tier or high tier high effort yeah. text adventure games like disco Elysium, you don't get 
like back in the Space Quest day, it'd be like, when's Space Quest 4 coming out? I can't wait. <laughs> you know, like the Sierra the Sierra era, you that was a genre of game that you could look forward to because they were making them. You have them still, but they're indie titles or they're not that great. You don't have a developer like Obsidian making one. Right, you know? right. Yeah, that's, and that's the real thing. If they are, they're Mass Effect, you know? And it's like, actually, what Disco Elysium showed me, and I think this game, when I try it, will show me as well, is that, like, you know, just a good little story adventure game can is still viable. You yeah. know, we don't need... Not everything has to be uh, AAA top-end graphics, like, feel like you're there kind of thing. For sure. It to be good. You could probably... Too, you could, I, yeah, go ahead. Like, I think to the whole point is... Uh, you know, and it kind of vampire survivors is sort of like a good example of this, where we talk about the value of a game. And I, and I point out, like I put more hours in vampire survivors than other games that I've spent $60 on. And yet you tell me vampire survivors is 30 or $40. And I go, I don't know if I want to spend that money on this. It's sort of the same boat. I think IGN gave this game a perfect 10. I think, Mm -hmm. I think they gave it a perfect score. They did. They got to come on here and rave about it. Right. But if this game is $40, I, there's no universe where I spend $40 for this game, no matter how many 10 out of 10 reviews and Scott recommendations, and even kind of knowing it's up my alley, I, I probably wouldn't do it because when you have that money to spend, there's just so many games out right now you you look at them all lined up and you go all right well i gotta make some cuts boys and this game's gonna get cut almost every single time um which is you know as much my problem as it is like a general perception problem of games and value but um yeah this is the perfect game pass game it's the game where i can go oh this game's getting great reviews i can go check it out and yeah. I, I, it's just something that I can go find out for myself and I don't have to have this investment to get in. Um, I probably would never have played this game if it weren't for game pass. So yeah. I, I think that is, I think that's a testament to why that has value for these sorts of games. Isn't that and funny though? Cause you say it hadn't it. been for game pass, you probably wouldn't have played it. And they say, if it hadn't been for game pass, we wouldn't have made it like, yep. It's kind of the same. <laughs> it's the same thing on both ends of the straw. Um, and and everybody benefits, I I think, and I think Microsoft benefits because this is a showy. This is a small game with a lot of show right now. People really like it. It's reviewing extremely well, and I think they, I mean, they've got a little minor hit on their hands that wouldn't exist without a service like this. So I don't know. I just really respect it, and it feels like Obsidian's having a bit of a moment. Like they just put out Grounded, hit 1.0 on that. People love Grounded. It's a survival game set in a backyard where you're all shrunk down. Pretty cool, but very different than anything else they've ever done. And then on the other hand, they've got this whole catalog of other games and RPGs and things that are top-notch, amazing stuff. Outer Worlds 2 is coming. That that first-person Skyrim-looking game looked really rad when they first showed it. I haven't heard anything since, but they just seem to have... They seem to be having a moment of like, all right, well, money's not an issue anymore. Let's just make a bunch of cool shit that we want to make. And I think Mike and Phil or Mike, you know, Microsoft's just like, okay, go for it. You guys are Obsidian. <clears throat> You're one of the best studios we bought. Go for it. And I love that. Anyway, that game's great. Can't uh, can't recommend it enough. If you have Game Pass. If you don't have Game Pass, it's on Steam and other places and stuff, and you can pay for it if you want to. But like John says, I think this is the perfect Game Pass game, and uh, in some ways justifies the reason it exists. 
Um, all right, Marvel Snap. Did that continue for Bo? Did you play Marvel Snap while you were coveting, or how did that go? No, my brain couldn't handle it during the COVID. I couldn't handle any games during COVID. I was like, I had like a five day dry spell. It was good that we didn't do a show last week. Yeah. John uh, right. By the way, Chris Smith's episode was very good. I know. Oh, I was so like lucky to get it out. I got it out right it. before I started ha- having symptoms that day. Yeah, I know. I really enjoyed <laughs> it. It was so close. Um, <laughs> Anyway. It was a good conversation over too quick. Yeah, yeah it was you got to nail them down for three hours, not one hour. Tell them that's how podcasts, <laughs> that's what our audiences demand, including Bo. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, the. Um, uh, no, I couldn't play it during COVID. Like I had five, like even pick up the phone, playing a game. And I'm just like stupid devil dinosaur. Like it's just making me so frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it, yeah. but you know, it's the toilet. It's a perfect toilet game. Like I'm not really trying to grind to level 100 now. I'm sort of hovering in the sixties. I started at 70. I'm just playing whatever kind of deck I feel like I'm at a point. Cause I'm in pool three. I don't have the whole collection. It feels like people pull all kinds of random shit out now. So I'm, you know, yeah. I'm As grappling. Somebody that just got to fifty, I'm in the same boat. Like I keep dropping from. I made it to plat, so I did better. That this, this, you know, it seems weird to say season because it's three weeks, but yeah, done better right. this season than last season. I made it to platinum, but um, I am, <laughs> I'm in the same boat, bro. Like I. There's so many matches I am 100% confident I'm going to win. I'm like, I got this. This is easy. And then they pull out, like, Magneto's been a real thorn in my side where it's like, and I got it. And then Magneto comes out and moves all my cards. And I'm like, now how the hell was I supposed to know Magneto was going to get played? In what world should I have anticipated Magneto or, you know, uh, a real strong, um, you know, boosting... um, deck comes out and i think i'm winning every lane and then all of a sudden i'm losing every lane um mm-hmm. yeah, it's, the vari- it's been really weird the variability um including with the locations and now with the deeper card pool uh, and pool two was a lot more predictable and then the changes during the events were a lot more predictable now it's like okay, I see a couple destroy decks. Let me build something that's like going to kind of deal with that. Then all of a sudden you're playing something else. And it's like, that feels pointless. Yeah. And then, so then you just, I'm like, let me just do my own deck. And then it kind of, you know, that's where I'm at where I'm just, I win, I lose, I win, I lose. I don't play enough to just, I don't need to prove every month that I can make 100. Like that's for the people who want to play snap for you know professionally every day all hours of the day I'm like there's a billion games yeah. toilet it is <laughs> yeah. so it is time. still toilet and it is still like downtime between deciding what to watch next uh on tv i was watching ibit do a really cool he called it his onesie deck but basically um because the vibranium area was the part was the thing this week or something yeah that, um, the vibranium mine mine yeah you do a onesie deck with nothing but ones in there so like quicksilver and i think hawkeye and i can't remember who else all the ones a bunch of ones there's more ones you can have in a deck but anyway you fill this thing with your favorite onesies and the vibranium mine thing makes it so you can never die they can never go below one or one life i guess no vibranium vibranium the event that it was they're ones they cost one and they are indestructible 
Right. Because you don't want to build a deck full of just ones without that event going on, or just at all, because you get Killmongered. Which kill, yeah. like Killmonger is what, played all the time, and it kills all the car one drops on both sides of the, the board. So yeah. I think you're talking about the Vibranium. That was the nice thing about it, is they're indestructible. Yeah, that's it. That's all so it was for. They can't get Killmongered. And um, yeah, that event was fun, actually. Yeah, he was raving about that. Just because it yeah. was only temporary because the event ended. But Well, that's the nice thing. Is the events are not all great, but when they're fun, they're really fun because then you feel like a smarty when you build an intelligent deck and then you're winning a lot. So yeah. I had some pretty, I had a pretty, I just didn't play a lot, but I was having a pretty good run during the Vibranium Mines. Nice. So that was fun. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, uh, so there you go. More snap in everybody's life. I'm playing very casually, very toilet time. I don't even know where I am. <laughs> that's fine that's what it's for i'm yeah. finally getting to the point where i'm unlocking titles and other pictures mm-hmm. uh other avatars mm-hmm. which is kind of nice because i gotta say like i i feel like they should give people more avatars in that game because through pool one and pool two it is it gets really old seeing the same like three avatars for everybody yeah. that you play against it's yeah. like oh it's gonna be one of these three once you get to pool three you actually start seeing some some variety to it which is nice you start to see stuff that not everybody has yeah um and i got i got some titles i think i think i finally so the first title i got was top chef then mom says i need to play less or something like that was one of them and i think the one i'm going to settle on for a while is needs to drink more water which is universally true that's just true yeah yeah the titles in the game are pretty good in general i've I don't have the best ones, but some of them are pretty good. Uh, I think the something of a scientist is perhaps my favorite title that I've seen because every time you see it, it just makes the Willem Dafoe quote pop into your head. <laughs> I'm something of a scientist myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it's fun. It's a fun game. I, you know, I sometimes get frustrated with it. I am prone to get a little ragey at the rng from time to time uh which makes the title always unlucky feel very earned at times uh because you'll you'll look at it you'll get a location that discards a card for a player just at random right and it's like okay well what card did it pick for them it picked wolverine which actually did him a favor because it then put it on the field for free and then what did it get rid of for me i got rid of uh, you know, the linchpin of my deck <laughs> that I need to make whatever I'm trying to make happen, happen. Yeah. So uh, I'm bad with RNG. It just hates me, but I am having fun with that game. I am sad. I got Armin Zola as a card. Mm. Uh, and for a while I was running that with Black Panther, which was very meta for a while. And now I'm playing against people that know. And as soon as they see it, they just quit out of the game. Oh, and that's sad because I can't win with it anymore. Like I'll win, but I win one, you know, right. I win one cube instead of before when I was doing it, I was winning eight cubes at a time and I was climbing incredibly fast. Now everybody knows what to look for. They know what you're doing. And you basically, if you run that deck, you'll win, but you'll only get a cube for it. Yeah. Or there are people who know how to counter it and, Plus that game, really the game sad. doesn't celebrate you leaving, but it does. It's part of the game is to fold. 
Yeah. It's not like Hearthstone where everything feels like a defeat. It's it's like, oh, that guy's pulling that. See ya. I'm going to do another, you know, like it's not a detriment, yeah, such a detriment. Sometimes it's like, oh, shit's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Escaped. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I kind of, I really like that about it. Do you guys think, the only question I had about this game that I keep forgetting to ask on the show, do you think this game has pro, like, esports potential? Like, you know, eh, I no. think it's no. is it too RNG. It's fun that? to watch. I like. I love watching people play the game. Um, as much as it bugged me when he did it, I do think the game needs a good desktop mode where you can fan the cards down at the bottom. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I I think that's a real important quality. Uh. But I agree with that. <laughs> but I I like watching it. I like watching the game. But competitive, like it's just too. It's too random. I mean, you just get in sometimes and it's just like I, I've had matches where me and the opponent but were both just like, Ugh. and I did the thing where it's like, OK, I'll quit if I'll quit, but I'm going to wait to see if my opponent also quits and yeah. we can both just call it a draw. Yeah. And that 100 percent happened. We were so oh, wow. disgusted with the three maps that we got because it was like Luke's bar. You can't play cards uh, or they get sent back. It was the the sanctum where you can't play cards at all. And then it was one where it's like every card here gets negative three power. And both me and my my opponent were just disgusted by it. We're like, you know, I don't want to do this. So we just immediately picked on turn three. We're, we're done. We're not going to play this. We didn't lose any keys. But in the way that like poker, they have professional poker. People watch it. They see streams of it. That's all kind of heavily RNG based. Do you think they... So, well, I think if they're going to make it an eSport, then they have to make the snap mechanic mean something. Mm. Like Traditionally with TCGs, it's like a best of five kind of thing, right? These yeah. kinds of matches or best of two or it's a tournament or there's a stage where it's drag. Like in Magic, it'll they'll do a period of... Um, constructed and then they'll do draft and then they'll do top eight constructed again um depending on like the format yes the snap and the points are an important part of it i just don't see what would they do like a generic field like everyone playing whoever has the most snap points by the end of an hour that's a great question uh, i don't know it makes the top eight the thing is watching it Everyone, I feel like everyone's going to play the same deck and then they're going to like fold all the time. Like it, it just doesn't seem compelling at all to me where I'm like, oh, does he have devil dinosaur? Mm, he has to decide to fold if he thinks he has a devil dinosaur. But if he doesn't, then he could win. And I'm just like, I don't want to watch this. Like, mm. because it's not for money. The thing about poker is it's like when people are like, have a lot on the line, that's when it gets interesting because. They're talking to each other, like the the live games, the live televised games. They're like, you know, yeah, they're high trying stakes. to lie and manipulate, and that's when it gets interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I just, just, I don't see this game being very. I would rather watch Hearthstone in a heartbeat. Why uh, you replace sure. cosmic cubes with cash cubes? Oh, and they're full of cash, John. Now, yeah, if it's real money, <laughs> bet your cash cubes. Yeah. Video game companies are notoriously like. Well, gambling in general is notoriously regulated, so we can't just do whatever we want. But like you know, I would I've wanted cat I've wanted like games like Heroes of the Storm and Hearthstone to have innate cash prizes in tournament. They would these companies have head for the hills on subjects. Oh like yeah, that, you know what time. I mean. But like yeah. I would happily have a weekly one thousand dollar you know buy in for five bucks tournament. And potentially win first place in a Hearthstone tournament, but they'll never do that because 
the world is lame. Everyone's lame. It's your whole slippery slope. (laughs) It's the whole slippery slope. I think it's fun. I agree. I would put five bucks into. Oh my gosh! I'd play. I'd play Overwatch tournaments for five bucks. Like, like there's this balance, right? It's not that I want to be a big gambler or anything, but it is. I have gone to local tournaments to play cribbage where people throw in twenty bucks and the top prize is five hundred. It's just a bit of fun with a bit of money. Like people go out of control. Somebody always ruins it. But there's nothing wrong with you know the local weekend people getting together, anting up twenty bucks, and just having a spot of fun to play a charity golf tournament or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. right. I just wish there was room for that in stuff like Hearthstone and even in Snap. That would make the snapping mechanic interesting if you were like, you know, everyone puts in a dollar. That's their one point. And they got or they put in eight dollars and they got to bet whatever they have. I don't know. Something like that. I used to love watching Norm Macdonald play poker. Remember, he'd get in those tournaments and stuff, celebrity tournaments. He used to love that. I mean, he had a real gambling oh, I problem. I never watched him play poker. He had a serious yeah. gambling problem, and it was like well known, and it about wrecked him a few times in his life. But when he would go do these tournaments, charity ones in particular, I'd watch some of those. Fascinating, fun watch to watch Norm. Yeah, I bet you he would be fun to watch because yeah. it's a talker. Like, well, there's different types of players, but it's a talk. The talkers are interesting, right? Daniel yeah. Negriano is always speaking, and he can guess everyone's cards. Yeah. But also, I don't know. You know who Phil Hellmuth is? Mm-mm. He's called the poker brat. He whines and complains whenever he gets beat. And to see a grown man whine and complain, you're like, I don't want to watch that. But for some reason, <laughs> it is so entertaining when he's like, I'm cursing at that. Okay, baby, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, you're betting, eh? I'm probably going to lose. Like, he's just constantly super negative. But he's actually done well for himself in his career in, in that space, I guess. But he's yeah. entertaining, you know? Like, yeah. The talk is like, fun. It's fun to hear them go. Like, Norm would go... Hey, yeah. you think he's got a he got an ace over there? Hey. Like he's just doing his norm thing. It was great, right. but then yeah. he was a, he was yeah. horribly addicted. So I don't want to make light of. Well, it. Well, it is gambling, and you know the problems associated thereof. But uh, it makes for good TV, honestly. If you have a bunch of good talkers at a poker table for yeah. some real stakes, it's kind of fun. I got two kings. Eh, 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 eh. <laughs> it's a terrible impression of Norm. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, let's move on to the stuff we played individually. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a thing that I'm so excited about. Uh, I figured out, <clears throat> not didn't take too much to figure it out. It was actually pretty simple. But I figured out how to play Elder Scrolls Online on a Steam Deck. And it runs wow. flawlessly on this device. It is so good on there. But when you go to Steam and you go to download it, it says, um, and I got a bunch of characters and an account and everything, and it says on there, this is not, going to work on your steam deck like it full-on tells you that it says we've tested it we can't do it and then i did some looking around people were like uh that's not true there's just a couple of just like one little hoop you got to go through and the yeah, bethesda lawyers <laughs> the, <laughs> like <laughs> well i don't i think they're happy to have it on there i don't think that's a problem for them but it's it's really this simple it's just that proton the all the linux stuff on the steam deck doesn't know what to do with their launcher because the way it works through steam if you have the game through steam oh, it's, is it uh yeah. there's a separate launcher and to deal with that separate launcher you have to put a little line of not code but a little proton um for whatever you, know, what you call that it's like a string uh you have to just put that into the launch properties it's no big deal T- took me five seconds to type it um and then it did it and i was like whoa this is working and then i was like holy shit it not only works it works really well and i played 
a shit ton of of the new expansion, which is also on sale right now in the autumn sale. The their new expansion High Isle went up for, or I think it went as low as like thirteen bucks or something, or sixteen um, for the sale. So that'll probably be over tomorrow. But anyway, there's somebody mad there that they can work around this, you know, because games like to have their walled guard, you know. Things operate a certain way, and you're bypassing an important. I don't think so, because in this case, you're not really bypassing anything. You're just getting over a technical hurdle that's not there to stop you. It, you're just playing it on a on a computer. I mean, you're still in their yeah. store. You're still. If we're, you're, we're not talking Nintendo, right? If this was Nintendo, no problem. Yeah, yeah, that'd be an issue. But this but, is Steam. Uh, I mean, this is literally a game that runs on Steam on your PC. So in theory, all those should run here. In theory. The handheld is a PC. There you I go. Mean, it's got a processor and a graphics card. Yeah, exactly. Handheld, yeah. You know. And it runs I mean, fine. It's, it's just previous to that little string of code, I you could only run the launcher and then it would it would fart out. But that was a technical limitation of Linux versus Windows. And this hmm. solved it, and now it runs beautifully. The controller support's great, always has been for that game anyway. And um <laughs> I just was I was a little blown away. And I gotta run it at like max everything and and I'm in my bed playing an MMO, and I mean it's fun to be playing a current gen MMO on a handheld. Yeah, that in the era where the knock game loft knockoffs were the only thing you could play on a portable device, now it's Steam yeah. Deck really is something, man. Eh? It's cool. It won the uh, Joystick Awards yesterday that were announced, or this week, or whatever it was. They announced uh, they always do a best hardware of the year, and they gave it to the Steam Deck this year. So that's pretty oh, cool. Clearly, well, like, I've. I would bet on the the smaller screen too uh, of a handheld that the um, shitty dragons look a little better. <laughs> I wondered if Dragon Beef was gonna hold on. We need, uh, we got to play our thing. It's been a, too long. Hold on. Do I even have that? Holy shit! Can you play? Oh Jesus! No, you, that's not it. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> you lose though, don't you, John? Because you play Pokemon Final Fantasy XIV. That's not it. Final Fantasy fourteen works on the Steam Deck. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'd assume so because everything, every article nowadays I read about Gabe Newell is that uh, he plays with his son. Yeah, so he's like, he's Gabe is like the biggest Final Fantasy fourteen head. So it, yeah, is this a dragon beef? There it is, dragon beef. Um, the uh, yeah, like if it if it runs on Steam, it should run on Steam Deck unless there's some little Cody thing that the dev hasn't done themselves. And in this case, it was, and it's not even a hack. It's just literally a string that says, hey, tell Proton there really is a hard drive here so that it can get past this weird launcher moment. And then now you can just play the game. Okay. So it's really easy. Um, And I think it's just as simple for running Final Fantasy 14 on there. Well, that's, I mean, that's great. That that just, the news just keeps getting better and better. It's everything you can use it as an emulator. (laughs) You can use it. You can use it to play your MMOs. You can literally play everything. I got to admit, it's kind of starting to tempt me a little bit because all I got on my phone is snap and wild Rift. I've been playing some of these these games. I'm just not that I I have so many games in my library. Some of these games, I'm just not going to play. Yeah sitting at my desk i'm like if i'm sitting at my desk i'm here to work i need to play something like dark tide that requires effort and skill to get better yeah the couch i don't know but then i don't spend that much time playing my xbox anyway so i don't know i think that's why soul survivors likes uh or sorry uh, uh, uh vampire survivors likes like soul survivors and others i think the reason that those are hitting me so much is because i am playing them there on a couch chilled out mm-hmm. I, I don't have to be all set up in front of my pc hunched over with my mouse and keyboard or whatever yeah so i really i really liked the experience i was i was shocked 
how well it run. I was getting a perfect 60 frame rate. Um, one little note I would tell people, you can find a million little guides on how to do what I did. And it was very simple. Um, one thing I would say is it treats the launcher as a separate piece of running software. So when you, once you've got it into the game, I would recommend you just pull up the little steam button menu and close the launcher. Um, because it can interfere with frame rate performance for who knows why. So just a little tip, close that down and then bam, the game's fine. And I never have a hitch in it. So anyway, the game's very good. Um, and dragons in it are really badass, really cool dragons. They're really great. They uh, put other dragons well, in MMOs I feel like when you say they're badass, you're half right. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're either ass or bad. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Fair enough. Uh, what else? Uh, here's just a few mentions. Soul Survivor still playing the hell out of that. I got a bunch of characters up to level 30. Um, I got Endless Mode unlocked. I figured out how to do that. I figured out how to do the... They have a new boss mode, which is just like throwing nothing but bosses at you. Um, unlocked a bunch of characters. I unlocked this awesome freaking... Um, rogue character that John would freaking love that guy. He's so cool. Um, anyway, I think that game is really great. And my favorite thing about it is, I think my favorite thing about it is that it's a really fun to play and super addicting. Um, but the developers are super, super like out there t- talking to people all the time, putting out updates almost every day. Like they seem super serious about this game and. I'm all in on that game. I think Soul Survivors is or Soulstone Survivors is amazing. Say um, about it. Well, I'll talk about it in a minute when we. Yeah, I want to hear. You John. and I are going to have strong disagreements on Soulstone Survivors. We we are. We'll get there though. But um, I think it's going to be good. And I think it's going to be fun. It'll be a healthy back and forth. Yes. Um, Mankind Divided. You remember the Deus Ex uh, latest 2017 release of uh, yep. Mankind Divided? Amazing series. There's rumors of a third one being made. Very excited about that. Um, that's all in the wake of the Square Enix sell-off of all their Western studios. And that's great news because I really like that series. We, I think we're all in that boat. And um, I decided to plop down on my couch and spend some time on my Series X with Mankind Divided because somebody had told me they put a performance patch out for it. Previous to then, it was locked at 30 frames. And I just figured since it was older, it was never going to get any love. But it did. And now it runs beautifully at 120 frames on my TV. And I'm playing through that again because that game's great. I, I love that game. I really love Is it. Is that the first one or the second one? Second one. It's confusing, one. right? Human Revolution. I never is the first remember one. the names. They really should have put a one or two on Hume, that, I, I, I won't lie, dude. But tonight on the show, before the show started, I actually went to make sure I was talking about the right name because I do the yeah, same just, thing. Divide, divided. Just think divided. Divided. divided like, means, uh, that's how I always remember. I'm like, divided is two. Like, we don't start. Oh, that's good. Divided. No, I like that. Divided okay. is two. That's yeah. good. No, I'm, I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. The other divided, one, Human Revolution, two, also yeah. very good, but I think this is just the superior game. And that performance patch on Xbox has really made it fast. So I really like it. And, uh, and, uh, hey, uh, whatever that company is, Enforcer or, I bought Eidos. Let's get three going. Yeah, let's do it. Three. I want these rumors to be true so bad. Oh, my gosh. I don't know if they were confirmed, but I want that to be true. Um, the other thing I would just say about that game is it's not that old. 2017 is not that long ago. The faces, except for Adam Jensen, are terrible. 
<laughs> that's a hallmark of the Jensen series. <laughs> that's, yeah, Jensen it looks like a badass. Like, Everyone looks like dog. Uh, they look like, like dog. It's bad. Even Jensen, he looks better than everybody else. But even then, he looks like you wouldn't want to hang out with him. No, I do want to hang out around I, with some I of those enforcement. Those enforcer officer guys are cool, but they all have helmets hiding their dumb faces. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's a. Uh, <laughs> a little mixed bag on that front, but it's still an amazing game, and I love it. Uh, and then I played more Overwatch 2, played a bunch with my son-in-law and my nephews. And um, I, I will say that I <laughs> I don't know what this means. So there's the PC pool and the console pool, and I've been playing a little bit on both, um, mostly on PC. But when I'm on console, I like to get in there and do a couple of matches. I do really well in the console pool. Like, I rock people. And I think it's because... I'm not sure why it is. I'm not sure. It's not mixed, so there's no PC console crossover unless unless it has to. Yeah. Um, console the, gamers are stupid. It must so be. Joysticks mostly suck. Some people are good at it, but... That's <laughs> what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, I mean, there are people who work me on PC who are using controllers on the PC and are better than me on a mouse and keyboard on a PC, which is capital annoying. But on the console side, I just win more matches. <laughs> I just win more. And I'm and I have teams that seem to be working together really well and and I don't know why I can't explain it but I like the hmm. crossplay I like that my progress is getting synced and I'm unlocking shit in both places and like Luc- characters like Lucio and Arisa and um you know I don't know how else to commit the one like Genji's probably a pain in the ass on a console I would have to think. Unless you practice. Oh my God. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. No, thanks at all. Right. <laughs> I don't want yeah. that. I don't want dead. I don't want. But yeah. Widow. There's some characters you can like. I'm sure Zarya is pretty straightforward to play. Yeah. On. Yeah. She's not a problem. Totally. Um, Reinhardt's pretty good on there. Like there's yeah. plenty of plenty of characters that play just great with a controller and I do really well on there. So can't explain it. Don't know what's up, you- but it's good. What's your, who's your main? Uh, main? Okay, so my mains, I have mains now in each category. My main for tank is Orisa. Almost 100% of the time. I really like her. She stays alive forever. Uh, uh, healer pool, Lucio, and uh, freaking Mercy. Those are my two go-tos these days. Uh, there's a lot to like in the entire. I like the whole healer group. I like everybody, but I really like those two. And then um, damage, it's me, or it's junk, it's between Junkrat. Oh, I don't know who else in there. I love Junkrat so much, it's hard for me to play anybody else. But, oh, I like the new Bastion's great. He's super fun. Cool. And he feels like a metagame, because he's like, on the, in this right situation, he's so formidable, you're all going to get burned down, if you're in my way. But then that can change in like a single heartbeat and I am dead because somebody back there smart enough to know how to pick off Bastion because he's really, he's made a paper these days. So I, I find playing him very like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm just skirting the edge. I'm living on the edge. Like, I don't know. It's hard <laughs> to explain. He's really good. Uh, all right. So that's what I played. Oh, and then uh, one last note. I just wanted people to be aware of this so they can take advantage of it if they want to Witcher three complete edition, which has all the DLC. Uh, is currently ten bucks is all nine ninety nine on Series X and S, and everywhere actually I think is about that cheap. And uh, anyway, there in particular, PlayStation Five also uh, get it that cheap right now because it's usually fifty. 
but also they're putting out a brand new patch. I think it's already out, uh, a next gen patch, not just an up res patch, not just a faster frame rate, but like higher res textures, better frame rates, HDR tweaks, a bunch of stuff to make it like a modern running game. And the side by sides are insane how much yeah. better it looks. So I'm just saying right now is the time to do it. If you don't own it there, 10 bucks is nothing for that game. And the next gen patch is free uh, if you buy it even before the patch. And it just seems like a no brainer. So I would highly recommend doing that. I haven't actually fired it up, but I went and bought it for 10 bucks because why not? All right, John, let's get to the survivor like battle royale. Uh, I've played all these that you've got on this list. Yeah, so I I did a U, and mm-hmm. I decided to do a little experiment and play a bunch of, I guess we can call them Survivors-like, games like Vampire Survivors. You've talked about a lot of these already. I decided to try a bunch of them, because they're uh, it was a low barrier to entry financially to try these games. Yep, that's true. Um, and so I'm going to name the four that I played, and then I'll go in reverse order of how I feel about them All right. which is not the order listed here so you'll be in suspense okay um so i i got a 100 percent done all the achievements beat the game on vampire survivors in its 1.0 release state so i've i'd already played a lot of that but i did go through and finish up unlocking everything that i hadn't unlocked and kind of doing everything in that game close the book on vampires and they've got more coming down the road but but you beat what they've got. That's the game. Yeah, but yeah. what's out there for what they consider the release, it's no longer an early access version of the game. I, I completed it. Uh, I played Soulstone Survivors. I played Brotato. Yeah. I played 20 minutes until dawn. Yeah. Um, or 20 minutes till dawn. I don't remember what it's called. This That's is the, the full until. I'm the Chrome one. Yeah. Yeah, the one, the, uh, <laughs> the one that turned Bo off visually. 20 minutes till dawn. It's not until dawn. Till dawn. Um, Got it. So those are the four I played. So going in reverse order of how much I like uh, from least favorite to favorite. My least favorite of the four is Soulstone Survivor. That's insane to me. <laughs> insane to me. I can't even believe that. There's so much more depth to that game. I, I, uh, I'm blown away. I by think that. that's I think that's maybe the problem. Mm. So uh, I'll tell you the reason I don't like Soulstone Survivors is it is too active and involved to scratch the survivors like itch that I want. Because when I play these games, I'm not looking to play a video game like God of War or you need your other hand something something like that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) I'm busy. I got other things to do. I'm not looking to have a deep engaging experience. And this is a little too involved to be that. And it's a little too simple to, in my opinion, be fun on its own merits outside of that. If I'm wanting to play something more involved, this isn't going to be top of my list anywhere close to it. And if I'm looking for something more passive, like a Survivors-like game, then this is not what I'm looking for in that regard either. Now, that said, it is pretty slick. I th- I kind of like the dash button. Um, it's certainly one of the harder ones of these games. Again, it's it's much more involved. But I just found it to be a little too chaotic, a little too about like dodging, and uh, which is, you know, again, it's a very active thing you're doing in a game that's traditionally about just walking in big loops and picking up things. 
And I also found that I didn't really care about most of the upgrades that I was getting. Like the upgrades popped up and it was like more often than not, I just felt a big shrug about whatever I was getting. I was like, I don't know. I don't, I don't care. None of these really seem particularly interesting to me. And I would just sort of arbitrarily pick them and be like, all right, yeah, I, I guess I feel more powerful. Um, the concept of the bosses, like it certainly has much more interesting boss encounters than games like Vampire Survivors does. Um, but again, I think in some regards that's good and in some regards that's bad because when you get into weird like, OK, well, I got to dash at this point, but there this one does a huge wind up before it hits. So if you dash too early, you don't have your dash for when you actually need to avoid the attack. It's just a lot more thought than I want to put into one of these types of games. And while it was a very slick package, I think like the look of it is very good. Being in 3D, it looks very good. It just overall was a little uninvesting to me. Like I just didn't care about the upgrades. I didn't care about the characters. I didn't care about none of it felt really, really good to me. Wow. Um, what part do you think Scott would agree with? Well, I mean, the part I, I, of, you were saying, like, I have some criticism. So, yeah, well, I'm curious. The reason I'm curious. I, think, I think we're in the same boat is I think Scott isn't looking for that passive play. So I think the thing that I don't like about the game is the thing Scott probably likes more about uh, the game. Because this is probably on the higher end of the spectrum. There's some skills you have to actually aim. The dashing is an integral part of doing boss battles because they basically auto align with you and they do this big wind up where you see like okay here comes an attack and when it fills up they're gonna they're gonna throw it and they will be aiming at you until the moment they go to launch it so you have to time when you dash properly um and it's it's just more involved and i think scott you know tell me if i'm wrong i think he likes that Whereas that's not what I'm into this genre. I think for. you nailed it, and I'm. That's why I think that this actual disagreement is actually perfectly. It makes perfect sense to me because if there, if the your approach to this game is purely, you know, a one button affair, the way that Vampire Survivors is, then this is going to seem like, wait, well, I don't want to aim. I don't want to worry about that stat increase. I don't want to figure out how to dash more times than the one I already have, or, you know, like I could see that. And the same goes for somebody who goes into this thinking, well, I'd like something a little bit involved. They're going to love this and they're going to hate vampire, not maybe not hate it, but they're not going to like vampire survivors for that same reason. So I, I, you know, now that you've explained it, I totally get why you'd feel that way. I totally get it. And it is exactly what I like about the game is there's more to it. There's more, meat on this bone and it's a deeper tree for stats and upgrades. The rune system's really cool. And that's stuff you don't even get to for a long time. It took me forever to get to the runes and I finally get in runes. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot more end game in mind. This game has, it wants you to keep ratcheting up stuff, adding hazards, uh, doing a new run at a faster speed, doing it in 15 minutes instead of 20, pull it off in 10. Oh my gosh, I can't believe this build's so strong. I'll remember all these things. Uh, then there's the RNG aspect to it. So you can't always have exactly what you want every time. Swapping out weapons is cool if you decide you want to. Like there's a lot in here that I love and all of it sounds like stuff that is the antithesis of what you're saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. there, it's a little involved. Yeah. I, I get yeah. it. 
I get it. I totally I, get I, it, which is interesting because I just uh, some people are going to hear us say this and think that we're somehow playing opposites today, that we're having a freaky Friday here and that John would normally be the one that wants the deeper systems and Scott would be more. Uh, give me just the arcade experience. But I think in this case, we're just we're just swapped. But we're coming to this genre for different things. Yeah. Like I if I want to play an involved game, I, I'm going to play something that's not in this genre. I right. like this genre because I like. I like just sort of the mindless, like, all right, here we go. It's not a lot of heavy decisions. It's not a lot of stuff like, oh man, I really got to decide on a build. Like, oh, what are we, what are we going to do? Um, I like just sort of passively going and playing and saying, oh, I'm going to experiment and see how overpowered this is going to be. Um, and this just felt like, and it may get better, like, you know, the further in you get, but the problem is, is it didn't compel me enough to get further. Yeah. And that's a like, fair, I think it's a fair criticism. I mean, the game basically toward the end or I'm not in the end game. There's a lot of characters I still haven't unlocked and stuff, but I'm far enough to where this feels like these feel like greater rifts to me. That's what I feel like I'm playing Diablo greater rifts, the game yeah, in a lot of ways. And I don't know. I kind of wanted that for some, who knows why I want that, but I do. And so now I'm yeah. I'm so hooked on this. The idea of playing Vampire Survivor, Survivor seems like a waste of time to me. And it's not that I don't respect it or know that it's an amazing game. Clearly it is. It started this whole subgenre and this doesn't exist without it. Um but I yeah, I think I think this is more this is a lot closer to what I'm looking for than the than the other one. That's interesting. Well, and I think that's where the merit is going to come from, from listening to something like this, because I'm sure that there are people listening and going, well, yeah, John's right. And they should listen to my list in my order. And I'm sure there's going to be people that are like, no, Scott, I'm with Scott. I want something more active. They should listen to my list in reverse order is what's (laughs) basically the way it's going to end up panning out let's hear about the rest of these Um, i'm really curious about where brotato landed but go ahead next two are really really hard for me to decide where to put because there are things i love about both of them and there are things i hate about both of them and they balance each other out really really well and so i don't know where to put which one and i think probably just because i'm less familiar with it i'm gonna put brotato next oh man okay this one's a little hard for me because uh, again, Brotato's like Brotato. I actually really like, and I've probably spent more time with Brotato um, than the next one on the list. But to me, one of the most important parts of this is it's almost funny. You mentioned uh, greater rifts in Diablo is I feel like this genre is really good at scratching that Diablo itch of like, here's your basic rules. Here's a whip, like just to use vampire survivors as the baseline. Here's a whip. It whips in front of you at this rate. That's the rule as you understand it. Now we are going to break that rule and it's an understanding on how we're breaking the rule and stepping outside of that rule that you gain the understanding of how cool these powers are and how much more powerful you become. And then you end up breaking the game until, until you're just insane and it's just insanely overpowered and, they're throwing a challenge at you that is also insane to match your skills, but it's just crazy how, how cool your build has become. I have a harder time reaching that with Brotato. In fact, despite playing a lot of Brotato, I've yet to reach it 
The closest I got was doing a build that did a lot of lifesteal and had a big health pool, and I could take a lot of hits without dying. But I think the one thing that puts Brotato a little lower on the list for me is that it feels like a more challenging game. (coughs) I've actually had a harder time completing a run in Brotato because all the upgrades for Brotato, like they're sort of set items, and all the upgrades are kind of just the same thing. It's all kind of just stats. And every now and then you'll get a weird item. And so I found the upgrades a little bit on the boring side. Did you combine weapons a lot and stuff? Like, did you find, because this is one thing a lot of people miss in the game is if you've got two maces, let's say you're doing a heavy melee build or even a, it doesn't matter ranged or whatever. You've got two pistols and they're level one pistols. You can combine them. Now you got a level two and then you find another level two. You combine those, you got a level four and so on. Did you do a lot of that kind of stuff? Yeah, it took me a couple runs to discover that, and then I did, and then I was like, oh, this is cool. This is a good way to keep weapons being exciting. I just never really hit a point with the game where I was like, wow, you know, I feel like I've really made this uh, this little egg, or potato, I guess. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) It looks like an egg, but, you know, it's uh, they say it's a potato, so we'll call it a potato. Sure. Um, I've really made him powerful in a satisfying way. I never hit that. But oh, that said, I thought the like enemies, the way it plays, the sounds especially, it's got one of the most chill like sound aesthetics. Like you're just sitting there and you're just listening to very satisfying like it's kind of chunky at the same time. Yeah, it's hard to explain. It's really good. It's very chill in that regard. And I loved that. Like that stuff was all really great for me. And again, it was back to this slightly more passive there's not a lot you have to do um i just never particularly found a version of building the character that felt satisfying got it um and it also does a lot of things with like hey here's the good things that this item does for you and it comes with bad things too and i've never been fond of like the you get this but we're taking this away Mm. Um, I find that the steady power increase is always a little bit more fun. And this game tends to be like, well, here's the pros, but it's going to come with a lot of cons too. Yeah. It'll be like you, um, you beefed up 10% extra speed, but now we're asking you, do you want to have 10% damage increase at the loss of 5% speed? So now you're back to only 5% increase over, over base. Like that's, that is a thing. And I don't love that either. But I have found myself being a little more strategic. It's like, but again, see, there's that depth part that you're not loving. Like you want to just get in, grab your upgrades and go. Whereas I'm like, well, let me think. What? Do, how do I want to balance this? If I have the extra speed already, I've already beefed that up like 20%. I can take a 5% hit for this damage increase. Like I kind of like that now, but I didn't love it yeah. at first. It wasn't my favorite thing in the beginning. I do like the wave system though. Like it's a wave based thing instead of, just nonstop, never stop. And so you, when the wave ends after so many seconds, now you're back to the store or back to the shop sequence. And they, and they do another wave. And I don't know, there's something about that structure that worked for me. How, yeah. How, how, I liked that as well. Yeah. I thought that was really, really nice. It's like, I don't have to survive for the entire game. I just have to survive for a little bit. And then you catch a little breather and you get a little planning. And I think that's all really cool. I think this is maybe the most chill of any of those games. Like this one's easier to relax to than most of them. Yeah, that's a fair point. All right. So, so far you are exactly in reverse order of me. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. great. This is awesome. Yeah. Mine um, goes, mine goes. So just to keep track, everybody, 
Uh, Soulstone Survivors, number one. Brotato, number two. For John, those are the bottom two in the, in the reverse order. So yep. uh, c- keep going up. Where, where are we? What's next? Next is 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Mm. Um, again, there's things I, I think this does a lot better than Brotato, and there's stuff that this game does that is not as good. Um, to start with just the, the negatives, the art style <laughs> is very stylized, but when you're spending 20 minutes staring at black and white and red and that's all you're seeing i just constantly found myself zoning out to a point where i couldn't focus and i was like oh no oh no what is what is happening um i also again it kind of goes back to the active thing you have to actively shoot in this game oh yeah and it's not terrible um but I, I don't almost love, as if I, colors I, make games awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Bo was. I knew he was going to have a take. Yeah, I can wait. But <laughs> he's not wrong. Like when you're looking at waves of them, and you've got just the the like three colors to go off of, I just get lost in it at a certain point. Like, and I I really struggled with that. Where I I had a hard time. I was getting hit by enemies simply because they were blending too much into the background. Um, yeah. also the trees are a real bastard in this. Yeah. The trees are dicks. You can get hurt by touching the trees and yeah. the hitbox form isn't where you think. Like you would assume you could cross the tree up by the canopy. Cause in theory, this is in 3d and the canopy isn't on the ground. Um, but you'll take damage if you try that. Yeah. Trees, so, trees are dicks in this game. I agree with you on that. There's also, there's that, a stat for how far you can see, which is that frustrating kind of fog of war problem that the game has. I don't love that yeah. either, but anyway, I, I think, and this is why I had a hard time putting it above Brotato. Um, the frustrating parts of this game I find really frustrating. <laughs> but this game does a really good job at making the weapons feel unique and interesting. And it does a phenomenal job with, oh, I just stumbled on a build that has made this game completely different and insane. Yeah. And I I played as a character that had a bunch of health as their trait, and I did a shotgun build. And because the shotgun just fires two shots and then it needs to reload, I started taking abilities that would do damage anytime you reload. Well, I'm going to be reloading more often because I only fire two shots before reload. So those abilities are going to be going off more frequently. Then you up the speed with which you reload so you can reload more frequently. And... Before I knew it, I created a character that went from this, oh God, I got to run constantly and avoid these things and shoot to firing in 360 degree angles, blowing everything up around me. I felt like a badass and it hit that power fantasy. The game was still hard. I, I still was at risk of not making it to the 20 minutes. I've only ever made it the full 20 minutes once. But all of a sudden, I felt like my character was at a level to deal with the challenges. And I think that that, to me, is the mark, in my opinion, of what makes these games good, is did you hit that really cool power curve where you're like, oh, I'm awesome. and I'm, I'm doing crazy things outside the scope of where I began, which was firing two bullets real slowly. I do like know? I also like that this game has a 10 minute mode. Um, and it doesn't just be shorter. It just ramps up everything faster. So you have yeah. more power, quicker, more enemies, quicker, 10 minutes instead of 20. 
it's just viable. It's just, it's as viable way to play. It's just nice to have an option where you're like, I don't have 20 minutes, but I do have 10. And so I can just whip this out. I like that about it. And chat says this, and, and it was actually the next thing I was going to say, and it's very well, which is love the mix and match potential. Yes, because this game is based on both character and weapons. You can do some creative builds across like, oh, well, I'm playing this character, but with this gun and that unlocks these abilities like you can create more diverse builds and and do some crazy things within that. Um, and I think for that reason is why I would put it above Brotato. There are still, again, some things I, I don't love about it that are, are kind of rough. Um, I love the look of the art. I just especially when it gets busy near the end and you spent 20 minutes staring at green and black and red you go oh i'm just sick of looking at this yeah. i just need to look away yeah um, i think bo's i mean I, at first i thought he was being a little hard on it with the with the lack of color or whatever because i just a stylistic choice but i think he's probably right yeah it's, it's a little I, uh, it's a little sparse i don't agree with him in all games but i i think the genre is already low i think in this particular <laughs> game <laughs> These are already, according to Bo, these are already games that they built in two hours anyway, so. Yeah. yeah. It's already low effort enough. <laughs> Didn't like, require any time, any thought. Just required an afternoon leave the, and a can leave bag the color for their in. money. Yeah. You, you can leave, leave the, the color, color in. in. I love it. Can you even kill um, those trees? I can't remember if 20 Minutes Till Dawn lets you kill those trees. I think at a certain point, the trees come to life and turn into monsters. No, and they're dicks. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think I tried to kill one and realized like, oh, there are a lot of there are a lot of work fighting them. Um, So that leaves one game. It's probably not going to surprise you that the game I got 100 percent in is the one that I think is hands down still the best of these, which is Vampire Survivors. And you don't think Um, that just because it's old, reused freaking Castlevania art, right? That's not your reason. No, I don't. Uh, I do think it's one of the better looking of these. It doesn't have the interesting choice of being I think you have three colors <laughs> it doesn't have uh it doesn't have the shitty new grounds art design of brotato and it doesn't have the i just learned 3d studio max look of soulstone survivors oh i think that is selling soulstone survivors way too <laughs> but, short way too short uh i would say that none of these are an artistic achievement to be necessarily celebrated um, what I will say about uh, Vampire Survivors, a lot of people have played this game a long time ago. A lot of, th- a lot of stuff in this game has changed. Um, and I think that this does everything that I've said is important in this, in this genre, and I, it does it better than all the others. It has very passive play experience. It's not pressing a lot of buttons. It's not adding dodge mechanics. Um, which is easy to just qualify as simple, but that's kind of the point of the genre. Um, and it builds in such a creative way that the build diversity in that game is just insane. How how crazy over the top it can get. Uh, I shared with you a picture, Scott, that was... Uh, I was like, hey, here's what late game <laughs> Vampire Survivors looks like. And it was outer space, like the entire screen was filled up with particle effects. 
And that's what it is. Like that is the, that is the ramp up. You go from, well, I'm throwing this little whip to the side of me to I'm literally obliterating the universe. It's showing galaxies to me and I'm firing bullets through them to destroy everything on the screen. Um, They've put some really crazy cool builds and items into that game a lot of different ways um, by putting in... Because at the time I first played it, it was always, well, you pick this active weapon and there's a passive weapon that ties to it. So you almost don't have to think about your build because you always pick this with this and you always pick this with this. But they've done a lot where it's like, oh, well, these two weapons with no passive items can upgrade to a super weapon together. Or these two passive items with this can upgrade. Um, You can do a lot of things with, I'm going to go and do a Reaper killing build so that I can kill the the Grim Reaper that comes to kill you at the end, which is something that you can can look at and do. Um, They've just put more into the game to where it's not just like oh i gotta make it 30 minutes through this game you can actually form your own objectives on what you want to do whether that's trying to unlock secrets which there are a ton of secret things hidden in this game um or achieve certain goals that you didn't have before feature wise the game is extremely robust it has the same thing you had mentioned earlier scott where it's like okay you can play the game the clock is still going to read 30 minutes when you're done, but everything's moving at two times speed. So you're going to be doing it in 15 instead of 30. So it kind of has that same principle as, uh, as the 10 minutes till dawn, um, right. or the, to the 20. I do like that. Um, yeah. that stuff is really good. It's got a hyper mode. If you want to move faster, it has, uh, tarot cards, which dramatically change. You can now level up beyond the limits of what the game originally had. Like there's so many unlockable modes to this that I feel like the game is interesting and fun pretty much right out of the gate. And then they have put so many new things that you unlock late in the game uh, including crazy boss fights. Uh, this game does actually have a final boss, um, which has, you know, mechanics. It's not as involved as a game where you have to dash. So you're not going to ever see that level of mechanic cause you can't. Um, but there are going to be cases where it's like, well, I have to, I have to try some very specific builds if I want to survive this. Cause this challenge is above and beyond. Um, and I think all that together for me makes this easily the best one of these. Like it it scratches that itch in a way that every other game I have played in this genre, I've just gone, well, I wish it was a little bit more like vampire survivor. Well, I, I like this comparison because you guys can, this is very easy to understand. John's order is a very specific play style and want list. My order, which is literally the reverse is a different, just a whole, just a different take. And I think that that's actually really good for our listeners to get both of those takes. Because I think that just clearly says what the differences between what I want out of this and what you want out of this weird subgenre just happen to be flipped. That's it. Yeah. So I think it's a good discussion. If you were like on the fence on any of these, this will probably help you make a decision. And by the way, if you're like, Brotato should let you uh, aim because it would be cool with a a range build. And it does. There's an option. You have to go turn it on. But... Um, if you don't want it, you don't have to have it in Brotato. He'll just run around and sh- shoot shit without you. Oh, one other thing. 20 minutes till dawn does not have great controller support. And I think that sucks. Oh yeah. There's a couple of weird glitchy things with that. Yeah. I don't love that either. 
it's mostly they need just to figure that out. Yeah, I didn't want to like dock them too hard on that one thing, but like again, these are supposed to be like fairly casual experiences, and not having a controller mode to sit back and play with a controller seems really against the idea and concept of what the thing is. Yeah, we'll let them. I mean, they've got they're all in early access except for this one, which is now out. Um, except Vampire Survivors, so the rest of them. You know, we'll cut them slack on some of that because maybe they'll fix that over time. But I agree. They need to fix that. That should be a a high priority for them. All right, John, besides the test you did, and we've both done this test now. This feels good. It feels like, you know what? I feel like this is like a proper scientific uh, review that we've done. And I like that we have literally the exact opposite results. Yeah, I like that too. No definitive yeah, it's uh, it's going to be what you bring to it. So. No, if there's one thing people love about scientists, it's when they completely 100 percent disagree with each other. So, yeah, yep. we've done it. Uh, tell me about Miles Morales. I assume you're paying the PC version or did you borrow your parents PlayStation? What happened there? No, I was. But on that note, I was supposed to steal their PlayStation because it was Thanksgiving. I was over at their house and that was the plan was to steal it. Did you forget? And I did forget. I I forgot to steal it. So uh, next time I'm over there, I will be stealing the PlayStation and I will be talking about God of War. Um, But no, Miles Morales came out on PC. So I got to I got to finally play that. Uh, It's fantastic. You know? Like, uh, Miles plays better than, turns out, when you create a character well after a classic, you can give him some cool powers that are maybe cooler than some of the stuff that the main character can do. Because those Venom Blast powers that Miles has sure is handy. Yeah. Um, I really like it. and kind of makes the combat, uh, which, you know, it uses a very Arkham-style combat for a Spider-Man game. It makes sense. Um, but... Uh, it, it lands a little extra oomph that you can do in combat that I felt like the original Spider-Man needed rather than just, Hey, here's dodge punch combo, dodge punch combo, um, being able to kind of do an attack. That's going to like, just knock even a big shielded enemy on its ass. Like that feels great. And so I, I think miles Morales actually has, far better combat than the original spider-man and then it's just hitting the same bar on everything else the traversal the web slinging all of that uh still just feels great it looks awesome um i i don't know what else to say about it because i feel like if you played the original spider-man you 100 percent know what this game is and it's it's great it's more of that um, story is very good. Miles is very is a very cool character, very endearing, and uh, I think it's done nothing but add to the formula. People say it's shorter. Um, is it? Does it feel shorter to you? Or are you probably not? I mean, far? I'm beating it, but yeah, there's definitely a ramp up where you're like, oh wow, I seem to be leveling up very quickly, uh, which in its own way is kind of nice too. And that might just be where I'm at with games right now. Where I'm like, oh, this is moving at a brisk pace. It doesn't feel drawn out to to just, you know, well, it's a triple A game. It needs to be this long. Um, it's moving at a better clip, it feels. Nice. I want this game. I have this game on PlayStation. I just haven't played it. Because <laughs> I bought, I bought the, list, of, list of games you don't get to because you're busy playing Soulstone Survivors. That's right. The games with yep. no color and 
whatever. But uh, no, this looks great. I and I uh, these Sony games are all so good on Steam Deck. It makes me want to play this in bed. We'll have to see. Oh yeah, and that's the other thing. It's approved for Steam Deck, so yeah, will will work and it will work well. All the Sony games, well, that's crazy. Both. The Sony games are all on Steam Deck, so it's like Steam Deck is the handheld they didn't make. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, it's still just and, Steam. And just you're complaining them. about Microsoft. Steam. Well, I mean, it's still just Steam. I mean, they're on Steam, so they're on Steam. I mean, that's no, I know, but you know what I mean. You know. What I mean. Yeah, no, I get it. It's like a weird workaround. Um, they're they're the hard Sony's the hardware guys out of any of those companies. When I think that's of true. hardware, I think of Sony TVs and you know that's anyway, true. It's fine, that's true. Um, what's cool they're, though, what is, I'm saying is they're getting they're getting what is it showing their lunch? I guess a little bit. What's that expression? They're getting their lunch eaten. Either eat someone's eating their lunch. Game Newell came up to the Sony president and grabbed his burrito and went. Yeah. How do you like my burrito? <laughs> but I will. The nice thing about all the Sony ones, they're really well optimized, and all of them work on that really well. They all work extremely well on PCs. Like, like I'm, I, I huge props to Sony for not half-assing these launches. They're all good. Even the motorcycle one, which I quite like, um, Days Gone, runs so good on the Steam Deck or, or you know, on my PC. I just think that's great. I think it's cool they took the time. Uh, not a lot of people do that looking at you square enix maybe yeah. that's why they haven't bought them out yet they're like but we can't half-ass all these ports like you guys do now i don't want to freak anybody yeah. out but you know how people have been saying you guys are lame because there's death stranding just sitting on your desktop and you haven't played it it looks like john played it oh my gosh john what'd you think i played not very much of death stranding let me set expectations as we go into this I'm not very far into it. I'm several hours into it, which means I watched like two cutscenes. Because uh, boys, they're cutscenes in this uh, in this video game. Yeah. But you actually don't mind because it turns out the gameplay's bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I don't know what I expected, but all right. Like how much, how much of your time was gameplay time? Not a lot. I haven't played the game a lot, so I don't want to say... You probably haven't say, unlocked anything yet. I, you know no, I, mean? I haven't. I've unlocked the ability to hold two bumpers so I don't fall over like a friggin' turd. Like, it's... Here's the, here's the thing. I have a feeling I can kind of see why this game is really loved by a lot of people. I'm not there yet. The cinematic moments where they're dealing with, you know, like the weird creatures. I don't remember what they call them. Um, like it, it does really well with the tension and the, the cinematography of it all. Like it's all really great. It doesn't change the fact that all I've really done from a gameplay standpoint is walk, pick things up and try not to fall over. That's all I've done from, from right. gameplay for my first several hours. I'm sure that will change. I'm sure eventually I'll, I, I mean, he was on a motorcycle like the, at the beginning. I'll be on a motorcycle trying not to fall over. I'm, I'm bound to get there. I would like to just say, I'm, I mean that in the most joking, friendly way. It isn't to critique what you were saying. Cause I'm about to step in my own pile of shit soon too. But, um, you know, cause we have, there are fans obviously of this game in our chat room and in our listenership, they bought us 
the game yeah. in some cases. Yeah. Um, so it's just funny to hear you say that because I'm like, really? <laughs> there's no, there's no hook. There's nothing here. It's it's just walking and not falling over. Okay. I mean, it's I, it's, it's definitely a, like the story and this creepy kind of world. There is a button I pressed and it made. I was like, what is he doing? And I realized that Norman Reedus was holding his breath, and I was like, remember Pugrenade. Can, can I just hold this button? And sure enough, I held this button and I just watched his ability to hold his breath meter appear and start going. And then finally, the game was like, hey, you can hold your breath until you black out, but you're going to black out. So you oh, need, you need to breathe. And I was like, yeah, I oh, think, okay, I'll I think you need to, to reserve. Then. You need to reserve judgment to figure out how to play. Um, I figure out how to make your poo grenades. Yeah, yeah poo I haven't grenades. made a poo grenade yet. Um, you know, there, there was a baby. I, I think my concern for whether I like this game or not, and I'm sure people will tell me is I think I'm supposed to be more intrigued about the world than I am. Like I'm, I think I'm supposed to be getting invested in the weird mystery of it all. And I, I really don't care yet. And I, I think to me, a lot hangs on whether, I'm supposed to care because if I'm supposed to, we're, we're in trouble because I don't care, uh, you know, but if I'm, if it's just like showing me stuff and I'm supposed to be like, all right, whatever. And it's going to build up to something from here, then we might be okay. But like right now, just the, what's this invisible handprints in the dirt. Isn't that weird? Here's a baby. Isn't that weird? I'm like, I, yeah, sure. It's weird. <laughs> but I don't care. Um, <laughs> like I don't it's sure. Yeah. I just don't know if it's supposed to be like lost. Am I supposed to be sitting there going, why is there a polar bear? Why is there a polar bear? Guys, there's a polar bear. Like, am I supposed to be at that level right now? Or am I supposed to be like, yeah, that's weird. Freaking polar bear. Uh, great. Huh. I I don't know where I'm supposed to be on the spectrum of feelings towards this. Right now, I'm fairly indifferent. I think the gameplay, I think any gameplay that hinges on don't fall over is kind of dumb. I think the story has potential, but it hasn't done much more than some really tense moments. And there's some cool ideas, like there's rain, and if it rains on you, you age super fast, it looks like. Um but it, it just seems uh, in the same way that I don't like ready player one. Cause it felt like it was constantly nudging me and going, Hmm, remember mm-hmm. Hmm? Yeah. this game feels like it's nudging me going in that weird, yeah. isn't that weird. And I'm just kind of going, yeah, I, I guess, but that's, I'm not feeling anything about it yet. So hmm. We'll I, we'll see. I haven't given up on it, but I would be lying if I said I was having a great time with it. I very quickly was like, I'm going to play something else. <laughs> I think this might be a slow burn one, though. Yeah, I, I have a feeling I, that's, I, 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 that's not based on much, except chat rooms. Like, I can't wait for an update. I'm like, I, I have a feeling you haven't made it deep enough yet. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it sounds like the game is asking you. It's asking a lot of you. The question is, will it pay off? Right, yeah. Sometimes I, it's I, worth it to get over those. Sometimes, humps, you know. Sometimes. sometimes you're like, I'm not liking this game that much, 
But then you get to a certain point and you're like, oh, no, I'm glad I stuck it out. So, well, and we talk about that all the time with like other like TV shows, movies, games we play. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, if you just sure. get through this season, I love Final Fantasy 14. It's like, oh, if you just get through the first 147 hours of the game, yeah, it's a real that's treat. The ultimate one of those. Because I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm out. I'm level 30. I'm out. I, I had enough. And you're like, like but it's so good. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not that I'm opposed to it. I'm just right now talking about the experience I've had. There have been some really cool cutscene moments, but I beyond that, there hasn't been there hasn't been a lot. I'll admit and it all hasn't the talk. convinced me to change my opinion about Kojima being infatuated with famous people. Well, that's true. But I mean, I'm, the, the clip I just randomly found was him and uh, Guillermo del Toro hanging out in some room. Him, yeah. Him Imagine Davis. if Scott was like Hideo though, and all the crazy weird actors he knows that he'd put in his movie. If you had like the clout and money, oh, if you had the clout, you'd do Scott, it. You'd do like, it. Like all these like weird actors that you love from films, like you would hire them all the time. Of course I would. That guy too. Of course yeah, I would. I but I would know. also hope I would make a game that was more than just don't fall over. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, <laughs> well, you'd hope, but you know, maybe. And again, you're right about the slow burn. Used to be an maybe. armchair developer. <laughs> it's, yeah. As I like, as as you know, I often criticize the uh, the survivors types games. So you never know. Well, in this game, one this this game made me just talking about it in the last couple of weeks about people saying we should play it, and then John finally playing it. It keep I just keep getting tempted to get back into five into Metal Gear Five because I really like that I game. Love Metal Gear Solid Five so much yeah i think that might be worth revisiting for me i'm kind of in the mood it's one of my favorite uh, like storyline wise it's a little disappointing because clearly it's unfinished yeah but from a gameplay perspective god do i love playing metal gear solid 5 yeah, it's oh really it was good. so good it's really really and good. the pc version is the best in case anybody out there doesn't know that you can do this. It is not hard to go into the PC version files and change the song that plays when the helicopter comes to get you. Yep. And you can make that helicopter song be whatever you want. You can have it. There was a while where I had the John Cena theme playing and ever <laughs> came to pick Wait, me up. Do you, do you just overwrite the wave file that's in it's there? A, it's li- it may be a wave file. Like it's not. It might, it might also be an MP3, but it's like literally, yes. You just put it in there and give it the name, and then when it's the helicopter like, comes, uh, it's not packed in some data asset mm-mm. directory no, or something. No, weird, nobody does that anymore. Hardly it's any games a, do that anymore. No one that uses raw files. Back, I used to do that in 1999 <clears throat> when you know that or what you know back in the day you could do that with every game because they didn't pack them into walks yeah, or whatever they didn't know that. like starcraft one i put fart noises into certain things but they had to be exactly the length of the other file they couldn't be any different or else some of them did like a checksum or something yeah. to be like oh there's a problem but not all of them did some of them you could put whatever the hell you wanted i try to remember i i did that to some game and people were so amazed that I did it. And I'm like, I just overrode a wave file. You're a hacker, yeah. man. Hacker man. Yeah. It might have been like Dune 2 or something. Like it was some old. Yeah. That sounds about right. It's Dune. like that. But like, <laughs> and I was like, this is so awesome. And you just say swear words and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, F yeah, you pass low. <laughs> For me, it was Counter-Strike. You could put, uh, you could change your spray paint to be basically any image you could find. Yep. And not only that. It shared it to who you were playing with. Yeah. So 
It wasn't just client side. Naked people Mm -hmm. as their spray, and they'd put it up there because we were all teenagers playing. You'd spray naked people up on the wall, and then some some horny teen would stop and look and be like, boobs, and then you'd shoot them in the back of the head head. while they're staring at the mural. Oh, yeah. Porn sprays. Great. It was the greatest time in gaming right there. Porn sprays were interesting because that was a Half Life relic that came from Half Life, and it. Half Life had code that didn't it didn't matter. You could put a giant penis in there, and anybody could spray it anytime they wanted. And it wasn't client only; it was everybody. Everybody saw yep, it. Everybody wow. saw it. Yeah, which is weird because yeah. that's like data at a time when everyone's using dial-up and crappy internet, and they still you're sending these like raster spray images across the internet. It's really <laughs> we weird. sort of ru- we sort of ruined it because if we hadn't done that so early, the fidelity on graphics would have gotten better and then that kind of shenanigans would have been way cooler in 2022. Oh, can you like imagine, imagine, you know, 4K boobs in like Call of Duty? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what has he done, the hacker? <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, we had to ruin it during the 8-bit, 16-bit VGA, EGA eras yeah. of gaming. And, yeah. <laughs> we were all doing it at 800 by 600, and that we thought that was awesome, but... yeah. It's a different time now. Um, John, tell me finally about... Uh, I've been uh, really curious about this one. Evil West, should I be buying this game? It seems like it's made for me. Uh, I've heard a lot of mixed talk about it. Some people love it and adore it and think it's the greatest thing ever. And then some people are like, this control's weird. So where are you That at? was me. Yeah, it was me that you read. I think that was you. Yeah, weird. that was you. Yep. Uh, Evil West seems cool. It seems like a throwback to your... Remember when games weren't either indie or triple A? Like, remember when there existed a spectrum of video games in between those two things? Like a double double A or uh, single A or B. B (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. This feels like it's back in that era because it doesn't. You play it and you're like, this kind of looks like a triple A game, but it's kind of dumb in a way that nobody would in their right minds ever green light this game for a triple a budget game, but it's definitely not indie. Like it just feels like it's back in that middle ground and it it's really wild. So the game, I haven't played a lot of it just to be clear. I, I put this in mentions cause I, I loaded it up and spent a little time with it. Um, just trying it out. I, I don't think I'm even out of what would be considered the tutorial, so I don't want to lay too heavy of a burden on my review of this game. But like the dialogue is kind of corny as hell and kind of dumb, and it's really tongue-in-cheek, but it looks good. But I do have to also point out that it has the worst control scheme of a video game I've maybe played in a long time. On keyboard, mouse, um, uh, controller, combo? On like, a controller. Yeah. So let me see if I can remember this. So here's the thing. It's an action game. And even though it's a Wild West game, for some reason I'm punching everything. I don't know if you get guns later in this game. I would assume you do. I've seen guns. But... So far, I'm this big Wild West man with a bandolier of bullets, but all I do is punch people. And he, they've made right bumper the punch button. Not right trigger. Right bumper is your melee attack, which is what you're doing primarily. Okay. 
they've made pushing in the right stick your counter to certain attacks. They've made pressing A a slight dodge and double tapping A with a direction your full dodge. And I haven't unlocked many other buttons than that, but I just want to point out that we're like three button tutorials in and they're already like, all right, you're going to need to push down on the right stick of the, of the controller. That's weird territory to be in for an important move. Hmm. Um, I'm constantly pressing the wrong buttons in this game. All right. You're in later gameplay. He is using a gun. He's so definitely I have using some a hope gun. that maybe we're going to do something other than punch people for a while. Um, I have heard good things about this game and it's been good enough that I'm going to try to get into it. So, but in the, in the clip you're even showing, you see when, when people blink like that, mm -hmm. they, they try to teach you to use that point to use your, your counter attack. Kind of doomish, which is right? By yeah. default, pushing in on the right stick, which is maybe the least time specific button you would ever want to pick. It's very Doom-like, though. It feels like 2016 and, and Eternal with that blinking. The guy blinks. Okay, now time for me to do Yeah, the and then you that... can do a big finishing move. It's got, it's got all of that um, in it. I think this game could be really awesome. I will report back because I'm going to play more. Right now, it feels like it would be a really great Game Pass game. Yeah. Is where I would say. Like a great Game Pass. Because this is 50 bucks right now, right? Or something yes it's a high price yeah, game it's full it's full price yeah i don't know if i would recommend it for purchase just yet but i want to play more of it and find out because it seems interesting again it looks pretty good it looks great and the western aesthetic is great it's got a bunch of vampires and monsters in the wild west which is certainly a thing i'm going to be excited about um i just don't know it's still, it's, it hasn't been fun to play yet hmm. because I'm really hung up on how hard it is to play because I've never played a game that plays like this because they've made really weird control decisions. I guess I should go in and see if I can do it better. But, you know, it's like if it's like if a game comes out nowadays and it's a first person shooter and it doesn't play like Call of Duty, you're like, why did they do this? Hmm. Um, this sort of feels more like a God of War and then it doesn't control at all like God of War and it kind of comes across as like, but why did they do this then? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a template of what we expect these games to play like and this doesn't seem to be following it and I haven't gotten used to what they're trying to sell me on just yet. I do appreciate um, it more when these games or when games tend to be in a, let's say they're shooters and not try to reinvent the control system like lean into what people are already kind of have muscle memory for, and then you can tweak it on the outer edges. But for the most part, you know, RT for shooting, uh, reload with B or, or X at the worst case, like you, you have some options to keep it in the kind of call of duty halo area. And if you start going too far out of that, it annoys the shit out of me usually, even yeah. though, you know, you can get used to whatever, but I just don't know why you wouldn't lean into what people already know so that your game is immediately accessible and then it start it will succeed on the other cool things you've done and people aren't stumbling over controls. Yeah. I don't know. So I'll report on more about that. I feel bad because I feel like I, I harped on it just because it controls bad. But I mean, honestly, the amount of time I've spent with it, that's 
all I've had time to really do. Um, I am going to get back into it. I want to try before I go diving into menus and seeing if I can change the controls for the game. I want to try and see what they're presenting me because sometimes when a game has really obscure controls, you get a few more hours in and they throw a mechanic at you and you're like, Oh, I a hundred percent get why they've done this now. Mm. Like it makes sense in the context of, I have all my abilities right. and I don't think I'm there yet. So I want to give it a chance to, to show me what it's got. Um, and then I'll, I'll see if there's a way to change it if I still am butting up against it. But yeah, I put a little bit of time into that. I'm going to play a lot more. I put a little bit of time into Control. I don't know why I got the urge to play Control again, but uh, I love that game. And I never finished it, and I kind of want to do that, so I played that too. Nice. Um, so that's that's pretty much what I played this week, I, or past two weeks. I, I played a lot of games. Control is a good game. Yeah, It's a very good game. Uh, all right, well, there you go. You played a lot. Jeez, Louise. Uh, yeah. Busy Boy John. Uh, Bo, uh, outside of COVID Simulator 2022 and the brand new Carpal Tunnel Syndrome Simulator 2022, two really great new shortcore uh, <laughs> games. Shortcore games. Uh, you also played a bunch of Dark Tide, Warhammer 40K Dark Tide, which is not <laughs> yes. fully out. It's like a pre-order out sort of weird thing. Tell, uh, tell open me more. beta. It's basically it's basically out because they're not going to have everything out by launch anyway. So they're already talking about December plans. So if you want to play the game, it's out. It's just a staggered release. Okay. Um, so, yeah, the game's out. It's fun as shit. It's taken over my life. It's my favorite thing to play right now. And it's good. Run, uh, don't walk. Let me ask you this. Uh, I fully plan on going nuts with it. I want to go dive in. I played the, I played the um, what do you call it, prologue uh, for one of the characters. And I already know I'm going to love it. Uh, first of all, I was worried it was going to be too melee heavy. And it is a lot of melee like the previous, like Vermintide was. But mm-hmm. Vermintide hardly had any kind of uh, range, anything. And this game's got Actually, I don't, we didn't play it enough. Um, we didn't play Vermintide near enough. So uh, as you get to later builds and levels, there's actually tons of ranged. And John played the elf character, which I played recently. Yeah. I actually talked to Mike and Crofton into finally playing Vermintide because it was $7. Yeah. And I played the elf lady, and I got the bow that's just, you get 90 arrows, and you go, boop, 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 boop. Yeah, I'm like, oh, good. this is a range game. Like, yeah. it just depends what class you're playing. And in this one, um, lots of shooting. Yeah. Uh, you, you, the melee, the melee is important mechanic for dealing with hordes. But I play a sharpshooter. I'm shooting all the time. Uh, Psychers, you're using your magic all the time. Lots of shooting, lots of magic. Like they're really distinct classes. If you like shooting, play the sharpshooter. Or maybe the ogren. Uh, some of the big uh, weapons later seem pretty awesome. But yeah. the sharpshooter class, you're shooting all the time. Uh, if you don't like melee, don't play the zealot because the zealot he likes to get hit and he likes to melee things. It's just it's a very rock paper scissors kind of thing with the classes. They all fill unique roles. Can you mix it's them at all? Could fun. you do a whole group of the big giant guys, or is it always the you same? You can do any combo. I mean, right now it's just matchmaking. Although you can team up with friends, you can do anything. You can do five, four orgrin, four sharpshooters. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't um, know. That. You can do whatever you want. It's not. Uh, they're not characters. So Vermintide, they were like characters. Here you're making your own character. You pick your own background and voice pack and <clears throat> and everything. So you're basically your prison rejects. Your heretics and, and disgusting people, and you threw cutscenes in the game. They're like, okay, you 
you earn your freedom by saving the life of your warden. And they're like, well, you get to be free, but you're going to live a life of serving the emperor by. Yeah, you're clearing out the hive, the hive cities and the whatevers of the whatever scourges are in them. The city of Tertium is overrun by chaos beings. And, well, you you keep going on missions, you earn loot. And what's kind of nice about this is it sounds like Vermintide had a campaign. This Mm -hmm. doesn't have a campaign. This is like Deep Rock Galactic. It's like, here's the map. Here's some missions you can go on. They're going to cycle every hour. And we're going to have seasons with different mission types and different things. So it sounds like they have like... Remains to be seen, but it sounds like they have a content plan to keep the game fresh for longer. Less linearity is is what it sounds like. It's super replayable. I've played 51 hours. There's only eight missions in the game for the longest time. I know some of the missions like the back of my hand now. I don't care. The Mm. game's fun. (laughs) You know, like, uh, it's it's, it's pretty good. So I'm looking forward to playing with some friends and uh, getting that experience as well. But, you know, people uh, Left 4 Dead's style games have been around for a while. A lot of the people have a good sense of what they're doing. So I find randoms has been pretty fun, at least on difficulty one and two Mm -hmm. difficulty three. You need some abilities. You need some coordination. Um, but it, it really does. Um, the talents and feats actually really matter. So it's also kind of a progression game, which is fun. That's awesome. I can't wait. So, um, the game pass comes out on the 30th, uh, which really? is, I think, the official launch date for the game period. I don't we, think it's coming out to Xbox. You just mean PC game? No, no, no. Yeah. Xbox is getting it for sure. Yeah, that was a big announcement for. Um, uh, I see comments like when they're like news. What about news Xbox? But is it on launch day? Well, oh, the the the, diff, the thing people are mad about is there's no beta testing anywhere but PC, which I don't think is that oh, weird. It's wow. pretty. Yeah, usual. buy a PC, people. Come on. But the Xbox, <laughs> the Series X version, and the PC X, you know, Game Pass version are both happening the same day. So okay, well that's good. Then. Yeah, that's great. So that'll be so, a good. That'd be good for the players. Uh, um, Chad is pointing out no crossplay with Steam on Game Pass. Correct, which is a bit of an issue. Crossplay between uh, console and PC, yes, but that's within Game Pass. If you're playing a version that was bought on Steam or Epic or somewhere else, those are not the same pool. Just give Fat Shark the money. Uh, I it's a really a non-issue for like it's just my opinion obviously i've been making people mad particularly crofton when he's like is it on game pass and i'm like just buy it you cheap bastard like <laughs> you know like <laughs> with certain games that are worth it like this game's worth it i'd rather i'd i'd rather but worth it. noting we own this game because it was bought by a viewer for us yeah that's yeah. right <laughs> or a listener so yeah, just good to disclose that <laughs> yeah worth mentioning those railing on give them the money just <laughs> well, no, completely dis- up front somebody bought it for yeah. us yeah <laughs> it's good good to disclose that but this was i was going to buy it. this was a guaranteed purchase yeah you were getting this no talking about this for years sure. so i pff. This was a no-brainer. I'm I'm very grateful someone bought it for me, but um, yeah, my my love. Who? Yeah, and I never remember his name. Remember who it was? I think it's in our show notes. A couple episodes. Yeah, we have to dig some tabs back and see. But uh, I, you know, my love of 40k video games knows no bounds, and the these guys make, you know, they don't make bullshit. They make amazing games, and as much as I loved Vermintide the setting of just regular Warhammer fantasy Warhammer is not my jam, but 40 K is dude. Like this game starts with all that bullshit. Like 
the Emperor King decided the thing was going on, and it's like all weird and trippy and Omni Messiah bullshit and all that. I love it so much. So to get to run around and shoot people while I'm in it. Oh, the other thing I want to say, I think the melee combat in this is very, very chunky compared to uh, Vermintide. I think Vermintide... Wait till you get the yeah. chainsword. Wait it till feels chain a lot sword. better. It, yeah. feels, it feels like a thunk when you hit something. Yeah, even though I'm not getting any kind of like... I'm not so, getting so actual the, feedback in a controller or in a, a mouse or anything, but it feels like I am. I feel like I'm hitting till, bones. Wait, wait till you get the chainsword because you can rev it up. It feels good. And the chain axe, you don't even need to rev it up. You hit something with the chain axe yeah. and it the teeth <laughs> just pull into people. Oh, I'm so excited. It's awesome. Like it goes automatic. You just hit them with a chain axe. You're like, well, let me get it out. <laughs> I'm so excited to play this. Gosh, dang it. It's out so now. Why am I not playing it? What am I doing? Yeah, it's basically out. Like it's a note. It's buggy. There's a long, extensive post on the Steam page. Yeah. Sure, it's elsewhere discussing system requirements. It has high system requirements, probably due to poor optimization or whatever. You know, there's just a lot of bitching about this. Runs really smooth for it's me. Not, there's it, a little bit of pop in that I don't love, but it's the, it's crashes. It's random. So I've had I have a 3060 with a R, a RTX 3060. Yeah. If I turn ray tracing on, good chance my game will crash. Oh, weird. My 3080 hasn't crashed yet, um, but it's still. I don't know. I get 3080. You're probably okay. But like a lot of people have these like 2000 series, like 2080 supers are having problems. 3060s are having problems. Like you would think they're pretty good graphics cards, but they're actually causing crashes. If you try to turn DLSS on and RTX and features that work across, I can play doom on max RTX DLSS, all that crap and get like 200 frames a second. This game has some optimization issues. Um, so read their forum post and play the game on lower settings. If you've already pre-ordered, just know, just know that buyer beware going in. Um, I have to play on medium settings to have a stable client right now. And I, I don't know if it's going to be fixed by launch. Oh man. Look, but it still looks good. Still fun and great game. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. I'm still really doesn't enjoying even the game. So, all right. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, whenever you guys want to play Dark Tide, I'm in. I'm in every day playing that game. Uh, you play? Did we talk about it before? You played For the King, or was that pre-show? I don't remember. Um, it might have been pre-show, but I just mentioned here. I played a bit of Vermintide because Groft and Mike are playing. That yep. game remains fun, and we barely scratched the surface. I know it was repetitive, but they have. Added uh, the Winds of ma- Magic. We didn't really play during that. Um, so th- there's actually a lot of content in there that we haven't touched. Um, and I don't expect to touch it with Mike and Crofting because we won't play that much. But I, I want to get in there and play that more. There's really fun progression in there. And um, yeah, For the King was just my COVID game at first because I didn't want to think too much. It's I didn't want an action game. game. So I, I just love playing that game. It's great. Looking yeah. forward to part two. I love that. And game. I also played a few hours of God of War. Oh, and uh, and uh, <laughs> this is where people are not. Oh, you oh, oh, oh. controversial opinion. Oh, I can't be. wait to hear this. Uh, this. I just want to say, like, uh, I understand why it got a lot of accolades. I like the way the game started, like with the start screen and stuff. A lot of good aesthetic business, a lot of high production value. It might have been the COVID, but I was pretty meh on the whole thing. Wow. Wow. Uh, it was, I was like, I was bored. I stopped. I went to play for the king. I was like, ah, okay. Again, it could be a give it a chance kind of thing. I got through. I killed 
some big centaur guy and then I killed the stranger, like the gangly guy I had to kill him 15 freaking times. Yeah. Kept smashing him through rocks. And I get why people like it. It's like me, man, me smash rock, me smash thing. I be Kratos. Shut up, boy. You like that? And I'm like, I'm like, this guy's a moron. Like I, I'm not digging Kratos at all or his vibe. And, um, that's part of it, but the game's production values are really good. It seems like it has like, okay. Mechanics. I was like, throw axe, bring axe back. Like, I'm not a big third person action sh- game guy. And so this wasn't really, it wasn't clicking for me, but it might have been the COVID and being cranky and not enjoying it that much. So I, and I you may all go back. I wonder to it. why Bo can't sell me on any video. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I didn't, I didn't enjoy uh, God of War that much, but I. I wouldn't take it away from anyone liking it, and I understand why it has all the reception it does. I think it's a very good product. Yeah. Um, Did you ever play uh, the old ones, like the old Kratos games before this? No, it's my first God of War. Okay, so that would that I think has a by design. There's there's a lot of reasons why the game resonates with players who played those old games because those were primarily Mm. just ultra violent third person action games that were very linear and. We're just all about being hardcore and tearing tearing Cyclopses apart and all of that. And then this comes along and it says, a bunch of time has passed. Kratos is a grisly old dude now. He's no longer the god of war that we think of. And he's also in a very different realm. He's not in Greek Greece uh, or Greek um, uh, mythology anymore. Now he's over here in the, you know, in the in what the Vikings were into. And he's got a son. And what is that about? And there's a maturity to it that is part of the experience. I think that because of coming from those to this is just such a different approach to what a video game can be that it's almost magical that it exists. Uh, it's a little bit like taking, let's just imagine some throwaway action game and then they make a, make a masterpiece out of it later on. Uh, that's, sure. that's crazy and weird. And I wonder because you didn't have that connection and maybe some of that stuff just falls flat. I don't know. Just a guess. It was mostly the gameplay. Like I can appreciate the cinema. It's like very similar to Death Stranding. It's like I can appreciate the cinematic, you know, one shot that they do with it. Even though I'm like Kratos was isn't a very interesting or likable character to me, but um, uh, the the gameplay itself was. I was like, oh, this is third person action game. Like whoop de doo. Definitely like, is that. You yeah. know, no question about not, that. Not my cup of tea. So it was like I don't. I don't think I'm going to be able to endure the gameplay just to get to the cutscenes of an already, I find not very likable character. Do you watch, like, uh, do you watch, uh, <laughs> the, um, but it do you watch Stargate yeah. back in the day? Is that a thing for you? The show? I've seen the movie, but I'm not a big, uh, I don't think I watched it. Never TV saw the show. series. Okay. The, the Probably guy, watched a few episodes. The guy who plays, uh, Kratos is from that. And so I have fondness for that. I think there's, I think, if I'm to admit why I like God of War so much in its current incarnation is because I have these other tendrils to it. If I came to it like fresh and also didn't have the love or didn't have much love for third person action, like you're describing, I probably might like it less. I think it's yeah. probably mostly if he just doesn't like the genre. Cause I think God of War that like, I think it plays great. I think that I think the gameplay is really solid. For it's a really good game. game. Yeah. So that probably I think is. throwing the axe and calling it back is one of the most satisfying things I've done in a video game in a long time. So I think it's probably more of a genre issue. <laughs> yeah. Hucking that axe the first time and 
having it whistle really making that, <laughs> really making that whistle sound that? when it came like, back okay. oh it was awesome i don't, don't want to start an argument but i was just like it was, i just yeah it was it was meaty and cool me. and it was awesome it wasn't good for me but i'm uh, glad it was good for you well fair enough it's all right not everybody can like everything you know Speaking of which, we're going to take a break where we can go like peeing or whatever we're going to do. And uh, when we come back, <laughs> we have more like planned. <laughs> we have, uh, what do we have? We got Dear Martha coming up. We got a mashup this week that's supposed to be insane. Uh, these are our mashups leading up to the end of the year, by the way. So this is the first of a series of these that kind of sum up the year in uh, big chunks, thanks to uh, Jamie. So we'll be listening to that soon. Uh, we got more stuff, some emails, some other things. So stick around. We'll be back momentarily. Hey, everybody needs some help. Okay. Therapy is great. I can promise you that. All right. I do know that that part is true. And uh, this entire episode is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And for 10% off your first month, you can go to betterhelp.com slash core gaming. Start living that better life. Now, here's the thing. It can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode. All right? You're facing a lot of challenges in life, so that can be tricky. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling in this world. And a therapist can help you become a better problem-solver, making it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter matter how big or small you think your goals are. Therapy is awesome. I I can't think of anyone in my life who has gone to, through therapy of some sort or another, who didn't come out better on the other side. And that is what these guys want to do for you. BetterHelp Therapy Online is there. So everyone deserves to feel their very best. And they make that easy to get started. All you got to do is check out the world's largest therapy service. They've matched millions of people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists. Available 100% online and all the benefits of in-person therapy. Plus, it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. You just fill out this really easy brief questionnaire to match you uh, with a therapist. It's super, super easy. And, um, you know, if things aren't clicking with that particular therapist, you can easily switch to a new one anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% on your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash core gaming. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, betterhelp.com slash core gaming. Do it today. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the, to the show. Uh, we took a little bit of a break, but now it's time for us to dive into a Dear Martha. Yeah, that's right. John puts together this rad review of an old video game magazine from a long time ago. And um, we talk about it right here. So, John, um, anything special here? I know there's a thing you got a lot of visuals this time, but a lot of visuals this time. Uh, I think you'll be able to keep up with where they are. This is going to be fast shifts between the images all near the end. But uh, I think right. you'll be I think you'll be ready. All right. I feel um, ready. That's it. Here we go. My dearest Martha. Today's Retro Game Magazine review is Electronic Gaming Monthly, issue 28, from November 1991. And I chose this issue because the cover is very strange a very strangely cropped Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles piece of art that I used to have as a poster, and would later go on to become the box art for the original Ninja Turtles NES game. The actual full image is awesome. 
and calls back to a time before the cartoon when all the turtles wore red and could only really be identified by their weapons. Anyway, that's what drew my eye, but it has very little to do with the actual issue. Sure, they do talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 video game, uh, the game that would later be known as TMNT 3, The Manhattan Project, not the stupid third movie where they get pulled back into time, back to feudal Japan because of a magical lamp. <laughs> Honestly, this issue was huge. It was 272 pages long. A lot longer than I had time to read this week. What? I'm a busy time traveler. You think I got whisked back to 1991 and I just sit around reading magazines all day? Well, I don't, so I didn't read the entire thing. But I do feel compelled to mention that 31 pages of this magazine is devoted to the Atari Lynx. Let me let that settle in for you. 31 pages <laughs> entirely about the Atari Lynx. The Look, hot new console, John. The hot new one. It's a glorified ad posing as an article, but it's also the most anyone has ever talked about the links prior to the magazine being published, and it is also the most anyone has said on the matter ever since. My Atari links came with a free copy of Batman Returns, which had to come via mail order after the purchase of the system. I think the game finally showed up a year later, when I was already all the way done with being an Atari Lynx owner. Also, the game was bad. <laughs> Speaking of ads, this was a weird time for magazine ads. I can't tell you, because I refuse to count, how many ads in this magazine are just white backgrounds, black text with punchy write-ups about a thing, and three to four screenshots. Doesn't matter which publisher, console, or anything, there are so many of these. Here's one for a game called Atomic Punk. Art, three screenshots, and text that reveals Bomberman had a son, and this is him. Maybe it's a Nintendo thing. Maybe it's a Hudson Soft thing. Nope, here's another one for a Sega Game Gear game called Devilish. Art, three screenshots, text talking about UFOs in this occult game. Can I do another one? Sure can. Here's Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle 2. Art, two screenshots, text revealing he used to date someone named Honey Bunny. Or, here's a Super Nintendo game called Draken. Art, two screenshots, text promising 3D on the SNES. So, I'm sure it's great. However, <laughs> one of my favorites is for the Captain Planet game. It's a lot like the others. But instead of screenshots, it's random pictures from the show. And the text says, We took some of the worst garbage on TV and turned it into a great video game. Now, yes, I know they mean pollution, <laughs> but that's not how it sounds. That's a self-slam. That's great. <laughs> but, but as fun as a template or accidentally dunking on your own IP is, my personal favorite ad in this issue is for the Gamekeeper. A large carrying case for your Game Boy games. It's like the print version of, has this ever happened to you? Complete with a kid trying to carry so much, he's literally a chomp away from eating one of his games. <laughs> but just look how happy he is to have that gamekeeper, Martha. Just look. <laughs> well, 
That's my retro magazine review. Another example of me just talking about myself, the advertisements, and then leaving you with a sense that I didn't actually read or review anything. In fact, you might be waiting for me to correct those assumptions, but I'm not going to. Just try not to think too much about it. Much like my penchant for offering visual observational humor in a purely auditory format, or the exceptionally thin meta time travel story layer over this whole ordeal, it's better that you know it's there, but not really linger on it. Yours in time, S. Beckett 91. Oh, man. Very poetic ending to this one. I like that one and a lot. And the Game Boy really is the best console ever made. It's pretty like great. Handheld. It's pretty yeah. great. Except that kid's got that big, weird freaking <laughs> thing. I had on the it. magnifying glass. Is that what you're about to say? Yeah, it's so big, though. It's like a giant hood on the front and then comes around. It's like a whole separate device. But oh, look how happy he is, Scott. Like, <laughs> look at the joy in that kid. He's pretty stoked. I'll give you that. And he's wearing oh, uh, acid wash jeans, so it's perfect for the time. Also, I, I didn't realize that Bomberman was Takashi 69's dad. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> Wait, what? No, no, but like the rainbow hair. This oh, rainbow oh, hair yeah, got it. looks like that rapper guy. Yeah, that's Bomberman's son right there. Yep, that's he's him. the guy. That's Never canon. That's in, the, that's in universe. Never even heard of that game. So. I'm not joking. I could yeah. have done. I, there were six pictures of ads like this. Yeah. I could have probably done 15 or 16 where it's just white background, black text, little blurb, three to four screenshots. Yeah. It's shocking how much of this magazine is just that for the advertising. Wow. I don't, it feels early for that. 91 would have, I would have thought was a more pure journalistic time for these magazines and not the ad fest that they became in the nineties, um, late nineties, I guess, but that's, I don't yeah. know. surprises me. Never know. Well, you're doing a great service uh, for us and for the people of the world. And uh, we hope you continue to do it. Real quick, I wanted to mention this Blizzard no longer uh, can do China stuff. They had a um, they had a disagreement, not a disagreement. Basically, their their deal with NetEase ended to carry Overwatch, World of Warcraft, StarCraft stuff, um, pretty much everything except Diablo Immortal. It's a separate agreement. So this isn't affected right now. Um, all the Blizzard games to be in China were going through NetEase as the publishing partner. That agreement ended, and they could not come to a new one. So quite literally, in January, all Blizzard games, with the exception of Immortal, are getting yanked from the Chinese market for a ton of reasons. This isn't necessarily a breaking down of, of, of issues between NetEase and Blizz, although we don't know the details. Maybe it is a little bit, maybe it isn't. But it's also China's really weird right now with game, um, uh, new game approvals, and it's just hard getting in there edgewise, even for their own homegrown companies. It's a huge mess. So for whatever it's worth, that's a real stinker. And I don't know if this actually affects the Microsoft acquisition to know that suddenly there's a stoppage in China for all Blizzard games. So I guess we'll see how they react. I don't know if that makes them suddenly... Uh, is the deal have to be renegotiated to be less lucrative? I don't know. It's probably like the Twitter thing where, you know, you get locked in once you make your, once you get past a certain point, I'm guessing. Right. On the deal. Yeah. I mean, they could argue though, that value is lost though, because that's a huge market and they count that in the acquisition. Mm. So 
you know, they could, I'm not saying they will, but Microsoft could make the argument that, Hey, that's like 10 billion of the, of the deal. We need to cut the deal better or whatever. And they probably have Microsoft might be like, Oh, we know how to get them back in. We'll figure it out. They might say that you're right. All right. Time for some emails. Microsoft, right? Yeah. True. True that. That's a good question. Uh, here's an email we got. Talk to the core gmail.com. This came to us from, uh, sorry, Dimitri. Uh, and it says this, Hey, core hounds. Chiming in from Belgian, Belgium and wanted to say I love the show and the energy you all have. Oh, I don't know. My energy is pretty lame lately. At least last couple of weeks. Anyway. Well, we're, we're, <laughs> it's not suffering from COVID. It's, yeah, it's not the show's you know, fault. It's, still, it's, a, it's, it's a virus. Let's go easy on ourselves this week. <laughs> That's true. Uh, it says, it's kind of my attention. There's been a drastic change in John's behavior. Fortnite, mobile games, DLCs, battle passes in all caps. Am I the only one noticing this? He hasn't done a Final Fantasy update for what, two weeks now? Scott and Bo, please take the necessary precautions for this, uh, or this might happen to you. What's next? Bo dropping VR and only talking about his new subscription services? Scott only playing and finishing AAA titles? Hilarious. Uh, I'm not, I'm on to you, pod people. Kind regards, Dimitri. P.S. I'm currently playing Dragon Quest uh, eight? No, that'd be ten. No, that'd be eleven. That'd be eleven. Yeah. On the extra tier <laughs> of PlayStation Plus, and concerning JRPGs, it's really good. Even uh, beating Final Fantasy five, six, seven remake by a long shot. Maybe a nice series for John to play after FF. I, I think eleven's good. I I have played eleven. I didn't beat it, but I quite enjoyed uh, that game. Um. So maybe you're right. But John, what do you say about this? You know, these this besmirchment of your of your gamer world or earlier in this email. I mean, to be fair, I, I don't talk about final fantasy on the show anymore because, uh, Bo and Scott, um, they let me, but they don't really let me like there's permission. And then oh, there's, like, wow. there's permission and then there's, don't drag there's us permission. Into this. <laughs> this is not true. Uh, it's literally on my list. It's crossed out, but, uh, on my, what I played list down at the bottom, it says also played, but nothing new to say final fantasy 14 Fortnite, and return of the Oberdin. Um, I just didn't have anything in particular to say about them. Yeah. Um, I, so final fantasy is almost a weekly play. Um, I just talk about it on Garrett and Kyle's podcast yeah. where I talk about. Oh the yeah, Final you were Fantasy on the grinding play. gear. You were on the grinding gear. Oh, um, you didn't know you grinded your cool. gears with Kyle and Garrett. Oh, nice. Uh, but uh, no, I I do still play Final Fantasy. Although I will say I'm I'm hitting a bit of a slog with ten. I've had to take a bit of a break with ten. Ten is breaking me a little bit. Oh wow. Um, and I I can't exactly say why. But it it is. I I have the not charm, streamed. <laughs> the charm of bitmaps is gone now that you're in full the uh, <laughs> yeah, 3D cinematic. I'm in mode. 3D and I have to hear Titus laugh in my ear. Ha ha ha! It's a bit much. You got to play more of that goofball. What's it called? Something ball. What is it? Nor, uh, void ball. What is it? This weird sport you Bl- play. Oh, blitz ball. Blitz ball. Yeah, blitz balls. Blitz void ball. Void ball. <laughs> <laughs> Um, why not not? but yes i am branching out i talked a little bit on this episode i went from cyberpunk 2077 a very john game to uh i i needed a palate cleanser and i tried Fortnite. and we knew from the day marvel snap was announced i was weirdly into it and Mm -hmm. i continue to be weirdly into it i can't explain it maybe i am a pod person i didn't realize it you might be yeah 
I think be. I think maybe it's more just Ben Brode and company make really good card games for people like me that don't particularly care about card games. Yeah, yeah that was the thing with Hearthstone when it first came out. It didn't have all this MTG baggage. You know, it was only 40 cards in a deck. Whoa. Yeah. Or 30. Right. You know, they, they, the same DNA is there for sure of making it more accessible. Yeah. Yeah. And fun. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, imp- I think it's important to branch out every now and then try genres you don't typically like. That's, that's why I tried Death Stranding, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. will I like this? And who knows? Maybe I will. Right now, holding you had two a trigger buttons to not range. fall over is a little. Mm-hmm. But you uh, had a we'll fine see. range of games. There's nothing wrong with the games. Yeah, I agree. Today. Yeah, you had the most diverse group of the day, for sure. I'm used to me having too many weird games on my list, but you had a bunch. That's good. Uh, I'm also week, once again back off. in a lull of not knowing what to play. Yeah, those come and go, sure. Dark Tide. <laughs> dark Tide. <laughs> I'm all just right. worried I'm going to get burned out of Dark Tide before Someone we all say get something. to play. Uh, dark Tide. Dark Tide. Uh, here's a quick text from Randy who wrote in, not, not, not frog pants, Randy, different Randy says, Hey guys, love the show on your last episode. John made reference to the Denny's in Phoenix. I live here as well. And it's Uh a very real thing. Probably one of the better Denny's around says Randy. So nothing but confirmation that that gay Denny's is the best Denny's. Yes. They, they have a reputation and as a result, they try, they have, you know, if you're just another Denny's, you don't try, but if you are, the gay Denny's, which is also known as the good Denny's, the good Denny's, you have to, you have to have a standard. I agree. And I think that sounds great. And I would love to visit that Denny's next time I'm, I'm in Phoenix. So, and I will, my brother lives there. I should go there anyway. And John lives there. I should see John. Yeah. Uh, sort of, you're not in Phoenix proper anymore, right? No, yeah. but you know, we're all, we're all close. You're all cooking in the same pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we're, all, we're all in the same oven. Yep. Uh, all right, now to the big moment of our day. Uh, Jamie did a new mashup, and it is part of our final finals of the year mashups. And I'm very excited to hear this one. This one really kicks it off. Is, is this the because he released a tweet? Released a tweet mm-hmm. um, saying that I guess he's doing one focusing on each of us. Is this part of that suite? This is like right? no. This is like a, a, the final big. Here's all of us stuff, and then all future ones will be. Like, here's a John-centric one. Here's a Bo-centric one. Here's the best of Scott I for the see. year. So he's doing the good hard work out there, and uh, he did this one. So let's give it a shot. First of all, I'll tell you what the results are. Um, for the name, uh, it's called Stay a While and Glisten. And the poll results, 44%, 0.7% for me, uh, 44.7. Bo at 10.5. <laughs> I don't know why I said it that way. And John at 44.7. John and I are tied Wow. for this. Um, mate, that math isn't right, is it? No, that's no. right. <laughs> it's close enough. It's close right? enough. We're, having, we're, we're all having number problems today, so yeah. I'm hesitant to hang on. Let me get the calculator. It doesn't look right. I'm getting Windows calculator out. Four and four. That would be. We're we're missing a point one somewhere. Yeah, it, it's not, not, it doesn't that. equal a perfect one hundred percent. Zero point one percent is other. Okay. <laughs> in a in a three option thing, there's just a there's always a person that's a little unsure when. They sure, it. it's the margin of error. We get it. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so as scientific margin as all this error. is, we are going to now play this one. It is called "Stay a While and Glisten." Enjoy. Hey, yeah. give me a mirror. I can go change. I can get a wiener. I can get a wiener real quick. It's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. Please insert something in me. I'm going <laughs> to die. And 
now you have modern day Saints Row gangsters. Why are you showing dildos? Sorry, I wanted. <laughs> I wanted the chat. I, I should have warned you. I was trying to find it for the chat. It's like John. Sorry, what you're saying isn't interesting. <laughs> no, so I'll just I love show what you're saying. To the chat while you're while you're talking. I do this all the time. It's my bad. I don't know how dudes get away with thongs because here's my experience. <laughs> women. No, wi- go, wi- go ahead. Women are. <laughs> Let's hear it. Women are beautiful and uh, can get away with a lot of that sort of stuff because they're lovely human beings. Men are disgusting horse pigs. Doing a finger show. Can anyone guess what I'm doing? <laughs> Why net net? What sound? Yeah, I don't know. Sound it, mate. I'm a cringe boomer, and I'm like, doesn't everyone make that sound when they're having sex? I'm just saying, it's like a hairy. The whole time I'm watching the hound, I'm like, I assume like those guys have the shittiest asses in the universe. Like they probably don't wipe or anything. But that's my problem. If you're wearing one of these thongs and you're a dude, you got like a hairy black hole going. No one in medieval times should be wearing a thong. They don't have toilet paper. Dang. Correct. John, I cannot figure this poster out. Why is the bat signal in it? I don't know. I don't know. But everything else is at least baseball related. Here are some games. Here's some peanuts at the ballpark. Here's a hot dog and a drink. Yeah, but why is the hot dog and the drink ejaculating? Don't wear a thong if you're a dude. That's all I'm saying. Well, do what you want. Nobody here should wear a thong on this show. Nobody wants to. No. Oh my gosh. Any of the three of us. Picture any three, one of the three of us in a man thong and that's all we got on? It's worse than you can possibly imagine. Oh my gosh. Why would you subject yourself? And do you see the bat that the guy at the bottom has? Like, I do think it is supposed to be a Twizzler, but it looks like a sex toy for giants. You think it's alien? No, I don't think so. That's why I said fish. Like, just a vaguely alien, otherworldly. Like, another world fish. So it's got testicles for eyeballs and it speaks out of its anus. Like, it's the half life alien. (laughs) Okay. Did it have boobs in it? Yep. Yep. Head boobs. This is a 10 out of 10. Head boobs. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Were there uh, thrusty uh, penal vaginal things? Yes. Okay. I'm in. Uh, Five stars. Well, if I put my hand in this gooey vagina hole, something's going to happen over here. And if I uh, use this hand to stick it up this weird wiener thing, it's going to come out with a spike on it. And I need that to open certain doors. Never trust him. Just kidding. He's fine. Best I can tell. Also very handsome. Anyway, shut up, Pill. Any leaks from here on out are just going to be... <laughs> right? If they showed Dicker and Kane getting born out of a new butterfly cocoon because he's back and forth, that would be an issue. Yeah. They probably want to say... 10,000 years, I'm free. <laughs> he's, butter- he's Butterfly Kane, M. Butterfly Kane. Oh, shit. Okay, you got me. I want what you're describing, except I'd like him to be birthed from the underside of Asmodan, if I could make that work. That'd yeah, <laughs> Asmodan yeah. just shits out this uh, white little greasy... <laughs> I guess we killed can him, you, so he's can dead. Can you do the VA for his birth? Like, what, what is the first thing he says when he's born? Oh, stay a while and glisten. Because he's, yeah, he's, he's full he's, of placenta. Yeah. Uh. I'm glad you got it. I thought I was going to need to describe it. All right, stay a while and glisten is today's title. We're not doing anything but that. That's hilarious. <laughs> and I did. I named the episode Stay a While and Glisten, and I still forgot John did it. I didn't remember any of that conversation. I don't either. At all. It's all wow. It's all in the past. We had, we had a tame one today. That's the one thing I've learned from listening to that. I'm like, <laughs> I don't think we said the word ejaculation, dildo. No. no. Put my wrist in a vagina. Like, none of that. None of it. it. No. What was I even? Yeah. T- oh, I was, I was describing. Um, Scorn. Scorn. Yeah, that game. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That game's so gross. Uh, all right. Well, well done. Thank you, Jamie. Can't wait for these uh, end of year stuff that you're putting together. Great stuff. As always, I want to thank a couple of patrons for joining the show since we last spoke. Uh, Seb, Doug, Kenneth, Ivan, Casual Terror, and Jim Jensen. All of them. 
<laughs> All of them joined <laughs> up. And, um, Something about casual terror in between Ivan and Jim Jensen that yeah. like, really just got to me. It's pretty good. It's like, Ivan, casual terror, Jim Jensen. Jim Jensen, just, yeah. We just let a demon sit there in the middle without too much scrutiny. Yes, they, they didn't seem to notice. They didn't notice I was here. <laughs> casual terror could be like an Eastern European name, like casual terror. Casual terror. Terror, yeah. Well, yeah. we are pronouncing it very I, wrong. I am casual terror, and I am from Lithuania. <laughs> See, you've convinced me. We've 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 besmirched this poor man's reputation. Um, but thank you all. You guys are all great. And Jim Jensen... He is the nicest guy ever. He also gave us COVID. He is the he's the COVID guy. Oh wait, not, not you, but okay. <laughs> like wow. So Jim lives near here. He's a he's not a, he's a local, and he'll come by once in a while. And the other day, uh, two weeks ago, brought some gifts for Kim's birthday and some clothes for the kids, and just a nice. They're just wonderful human beings, and they didn't know it, but they brought COVID with them, gave it to us. And then about the same time as us started having symptoms, and then everybody was sick after that. So, and, and then you gave it to me. And then I gave it to Bo via and Discord. VR chat. Yeah, VR chat. That's what I meant to say. We were doing some of that, what do you call it? Uh, rubbing up on your number or the name? What's it called? Rubbing yeah. up on your number name. No. <laughs> there's a name number. Or hey, there's a name for this. Maybe you want to rub ER, up on your ERP? number name? ERP. ERP. I was doing some ERP, ERP with Bo, and I gave it to Bo. So, yeah. yeah. ERP is what? And, and Erotic role play. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna get in there again. I'm so mad. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Alive. Oh man, that I can't did not think about how that transition. No, I said sound. that wrong. <laughs> What's the RP again? But Erotic I can't. I can't yeah. get I VR American. or I can't get Among Us <laughs> VR to run. It keeps crashing in Steam, and I've been mad at my headset ever since, and I haven't touched it. Oh wait, did it, we forgot to talk about sex chess. Oh yes, yeah. so who gave you? Se- someone gave you sex chess. The developer sent me a key for sex chess, but I haven't cashed it in yet because I'm not sure I want to. <laughs> you should. You need to tell us what it, you need to review. I think sex he chess. found me on a Twitter search because I made a joke about sex chess because the Bible is now available on Steam soon. It's an early access. Yeah, <laughs> the Bible is an early access. <laughs> I made a joke on Twitter. I'm like, after sex, Jess, you can read the Bible. Yeah. Um, and I think he found me and sent me a key. There's no text, no message, just key. Wow. Here's your sperm. You wow. Know? I was sad to hear you got a key because we ended a show like two so weeks this, ago. This and the first thing I did after we ended the show was go, guys, there's a game on Steam called Sex Chess. And I started sending you screenshots of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We right, didn't even get so do this experiment, show. make a joke tweet, like try to make a decent one, and see if he sends you a key. <laughs> and it worked for me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Hold on. The, the name, the name of the company that makes it is, I think, Evil Boobs Dev or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they do, um, and that's his Twitter name. That's how I put two and two together. It's uh, <coughs> so the best evil, I can, evil Boobs Cult. The best I can tell is the people on the board are naked. And when they go and they get a like, let's say a bishop gets a pawn, then uh, the, then they, they really they do get it. a pawn. Yeah, <laughs> they get a pawn the pawn. Well, the picture oh, I said he was a dude with an elephant head and an erection. It's horrendous. <laughs> but, uh, I, I read the Steam reviews, and apparently it doesn't even follow the rules of actual chess. So there's a lot of chess pierce in there complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, but this game of chess does not have a passa, which oh is an God. important move in chess. Oh my Thumbs gosh. down. It's reviewed really well. People like it. 
No, is it? Yeah. Well, Bo, I think, try it. I think people just review porn games well because it, like, sometimes you just see the Chad and ASCII Look, if as you're a playing review. a game and the game makes you finish... You're Look, in a good state. Here's a, th- here, here's a <laughs> thumbs up review. Hang on. Listen to this. All right. I'm going to die. Uh, Bismuth gonna die. says, Sorry. Best chess game ever. Who knew pawns could move to any space on the board? <laughs> That's amazing. That tells me. You know what that tells me? That tells me that the game is more about the sex and less about the chess. And the fact that there are people buying this game and are mad about the chess rules. I don't even know what to make of that. I think it's I think it's wonderful. What a what a wonderful thing. But you can buy chess in so many other ways. I don't know. Yes, but I want to play a stimulating game of chess and then I want to touch myself while looking at the pieces. Yes. And I want to play serious chess. I don't want to play kitty chess. I want to play seriously. See, honestly, you might be right as to why that's so weird, but Anyway, uh, more on sex chess after Bo has a chance. By the to way, play. this guy for speaking of one-handed games, there should be a porn survivors game. Oh, there is! I almost bought it as part of the test, and then I got too embarrassed about the idea that people would see that I bought and We've played. We've come it. this but far is, down the there, well of survivors. I, you I have, almost yeah. played it. What's the name? Uh, what is it? There's a there's a less porny one, and then there's a, a actual porny one. It's the same game, but they have like a censored version. I don't remember. What it's a, I saw a zombie though. one that kind of looked interesting. Um, you know, as long as these games are like four bucks, I'll probably keep trying them. But I don't know if I want a porn one or not. Because what, what, what it's called Sexy Mystic Survivors. That's what it is. Sexy oh, Mystic. Great. So, do not show footage of Sexy Mystic Survivors to the stream, Scott. Okay, but how? But I'm, but okay. They might see the reflection of my glasses. Everyone squint really hard. Hey, it's ten percent off right now. All right, let's see. Hey, this looks just as good as Soulstone Survivors, man. It does actually. I think it might be artistically the best quality. Whoa! One that I've okay, seen there's some these. there's some big areolas there. Oh, so hold on a second, though. <laughs> is this? Yeah, this is a. This looks. The gameplay kind of looks legit. Yeah, <laughs> it does. That's why I thought about trying it, but then I was like, I don't know if I want to have people seeing that I played this. But then what happens? You in between? Well, you think you pass a level and then you go bang. You yeah, know. if you survive, you get to, you know, see some boobs. Anime boobs, mind yeah. you. I'm a little disappointed in that execution, though, because I would expect in a porn game like this to have giant flying boobs, and I got to kill them all with my dildo uh, machine gun. Hey, Mango Party, who makes that game, they made Orc Massage. These are the same people. Oh. Are you kidding me? No, Are you real. kidding me? That's what it says right down here below. They make a bunch of games called like uh, Latex Dungeon. Um, uh, Beautiful Mystic Survivor. <laughs> oh we already did that. Beautiful uh, Mystic Defenders. You don't like Tower Defense. So I don't know for that one. Something called I Got a Cat. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of that. All right. Well, anyway. No, it's uh, I Got a Cat Made. Oh, like, oh. oh. I, <laughs> I got a cat. Would be a really curious, like very pure, innocent, touching game in this library of porn. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, a I got a prolific cat. developer though. They have lots of titles, all for a dollar. Yeah, they're not they're not uh, slowing down for anyone. Uh, anyway, go check those out if you're so inclined. Um, <clears throat> next week we'll be back together and doing another one of these as we hurdle towards the Christmas holiday. 
sometime before the first of the year, we will have our list of best games of 2022. Yeah. And uh, we should probably put our heads together and talk about how we want to structure that this year. But yeah, I think it could categories, be... what games we finished. Yeah, should be fun. Oh, that's uh, going to be fun. Fin- games finished. Yep, finished games. Uh, best uh, early access games that aren't actually out yet. Uh, uh, games, best games we barely touched. Best Elden Ring. Best Elden Ring. I think there's, just, <laughs> it was Elden Ring. there's only one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the award for best Elden Ring goes to Elden Ring. Yeah, oh my gosh, the competition must have been stiff. Anyway, that'll be next time right here on Play. No, this isn't Play Retro. Right here on Core. So do that. Um, in the meantime, uh, go have some fun. Go play some games. Don't get COVID. It really sucks. And uh, yeah. we'll be back next time with more. We'll see you then. show is part of the frog pants network yes get more at frogpants.com a fine slave you would have made yeah